0: Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return.
1: In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange.
0: Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about FOMO alchemists by Hiroma Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm And today we're talking about chapters uh, 37 through 39. Did you forget? I forgot where we ended. (laughs) I was
1: going to (laughs) say. But they're so intense. How could you forget?
0: They all blend together.
1: (laughs) I mean, I read them all in within several hours, so yes, (laughs) (laughs) they did all kind of blend together. (laughs) Yeah, 37, 38,
0: 39. Those ones. Nice. (laughs) Good, I've read, done the reading. I mean, (laughs) that's that's (laughs) good. (laughs) I wish you'd be like, crap, I didn't read those (laughs) ones. All right, so we're going to do our uh, our usual thing. We're going to Summarize slash recap, and chit chat. All right. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> I mean, deep, intense discussion. Are
1: you ready to talk about, um, you know, more philosophy and religious stuff, esoteric things again? Yeah, more esoteric mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Actually, there isn't a lot of esoteric bullshit. I mean, like, yeah. we'll see, but <laughs> <laughs> all will be revealed
0: as you describe very shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chapter 37 opens with Barry and Ling's gang. I already told you, Barry is saying. The researchers who put me in this body are dead, so I don't know nothing about immortality or anything like that. We had a deal. I helped you back at the prison, Ling says. And I busted you out, so we're even. That's not what I mean, Ling says. You know, to the east. Oh yeah, well what do we do now, Barry says. And then, oh yeah, you're friends with that Alphonse guy, right? He's got a body similar to mine. You should ask him. Ling perks up at that and heads for the door. All right, I'm stepping out for a minute, he says. If anything happens, make sure to send me a signal, Lon Barry cheerfully waves goodbye, and Fallman, who's been trying to cut in for most of this conversation, finally shouts, Explain to me what's going on! I'll give it a rest, Barry says. You're just a pitiful soldier being threatened by a prison break suspect and locked up in some run-down apartment. Fallman looks over the scene in front of him and pathetically tells himself that he's still in charge here over at military hq roy is in his office apparently using a military phone line to chat up someone named elizabeth while various other soldiers in the room listen on uncomfortably <laughs> never
1: have your like sexy time conversation in public that's not okay yeah. I mean... <laughs> all
0: love the faces on the soldiers in that panel they look so they definitely look annoyed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he tells the woman on the phone that yes he is still at work but he just really wanted to hear her voice oh but don't worry about that scary assistant of his scolding him for slacking off They got so much work done this week that he told her to take the day off. The other soldiers slip out of the room to complain. How about that, they say to each other. As soon as Lieutenant Hawkeye takes some time off, he starts flirting on the phone. I guess she really is his babysitter. (laughs) Isn't it against policy to use a secure military line for personal business? What's he thinking, calling up a girl? Roy tells Elizabeth that he hasn't had a moment's rest since coming to Central, so he's thinking of taking some time off. Lately, I've been itching to go fishing, he says. Would you like to come? Over at the hotel, Winry is helping Al polish up his armor while Ed lounges slash broods nearby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a, you know, he's a teen boy. He has to lounge and brood.
0: Well, he's kind of got a draw me like one of your French girls pose, but he's definitely got a broody expression.
1: (laughs) He does? Yes. (laughs) I agree with your assessment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice before, but up close you look pretty banged up, Winry says, noting all the scratches and dents she's working to buff out. You must be having a hard journey. Al tries to laugh it off, but Winry still looks concerned. So what are you going to do now, she asks, glancing over at Ed. Ed looks down at his automail hand, contemplatively. What should I do, he mutters. Then he turns to look at Winry. What do you want me to do? This surprises Winry a bit, and she points out that they've never asked her for advice before. She turns back to her work on Al's armor and gives it some thought. I was scared, she finally says. When I thought about how you and Al have been battling in a situation where even someone like Mr. Hughes got killed, It made me really scared. I mean, you guys could actually die on this mission. You might walk away and i never see you again. When I thought about that, I was terrified. It made me wish that you'd stop traveling. But when Al said that he'd give up on getting his former body back, I knew that I didn't want him to give up. Those are my honest feelings. I want you to regain your original bodies, but I also want you to stop this dangerous journey and, I'm sorry, I guess I don't know what I really want. Winry, you're so nice, Al says, which embarrasses her. (laughs) Well, Ed just stares up at the ceiling in thought. He continued to brood. Yes. <laughs> A knock on the door interrupts him. then, and Ed gets up to answer it. It's Armstrong, who immediately reels back and punches Ed, who just barely blocks with his automail arm as he tumbles to the floor. Al and Winry look on in shock as Ed cries, What the heck did you do that for, Major? Oh dear, your automail is broken! Armstrong shouts, even more dramatically than usual, as he picks up Ed and tuts over his newly dented arm. <laughs> Hmm, this is a grave situation. You must be repaired immediately. I shall accompany you to Resenbull. Ed, deeply confused, points out that Winry is right there, so... but Armstrong doesn't seem to be listening. Al sticks his head out into the hallway. What, you're going to Resenbull? Why, it's Alphonse Elric, Armstrong says. He points and cheerfully adds, you stand out too much, so you should stay here. <laughs> And with the announcement that they must make train reservations immediately, he drags Ed off down the hallway while Al and Winry look on in helpless confusion. (laughs) Are they leaving? Ling asks, suddenly appearing behind them from inside their room. (laughs) 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 Al and Winry both scream. (laughs) Ling, how did you... Through the window, he answers casually. I knew that a state alchemist like him would be staying at a military-run hotel, so I just checked all of them. But did you have to sneak in through the window? Al asks, annoyed. Of course, after all, I'm a wanted criminal, he says proudly, and now wonders what exactly he's been up to since the last time they saw each other. (laughs) By the way, the image of him just like peeking in the window of every single room of every single military hotel in the city is hilarious to me. Yes,
1: (laughs) He was like, I went to the one where I heard the major screaming.
0: I
2: mean,
1: (laughs) (laughs) if they can send, maybe he can like find them like a
0: bloodhound with their chi or whatever, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I heard all about your adventures from Barry the Chopper, Ling tells them. It's quite a mess you've gotten yourself into. Alan and Winry look confused. Back at Roy's office, he's still (laughs) chit-chatting. Okay, I'll drop by your shop tomorrow, he says. Do you want me to bring you anything? Oh my, thank you, says Elizabeth over the phone. Can you bring something for Kate, too? The girl's been working so hard. Oh, excuse me for a moment, Roy. Roy's face grows concerned for a moment as the woman calls out. Kate, we have a customer. Could you call Jacqueline for me? Elsewhere, we see a figure in shadows, surrounded by radio equipment. Jacqueline, they say, you have a customer. The man in stealth gear waiting by the receiver readies his gun. Affirmative, he says. Over at Fallman's place, Barry and Lanfon both suddenly jerk to attention. Fallman asks what's wrong, and Barry says he got a chill. How? You don't even have a physical body, Fallman points out. <laughs> but then he notices something off too, a strange smell in the room. He turns around, and looming in the window is the masked man from the cage we saw earlier. He lunges in with a guttural cry, and Falman, panicked, reaches for his gun. Barry deflects the attack and stops Falman from shooting. Relax, Falman, he says. Don't kill this guy, and he lunges in to fight the man himself. Falman runs into the next room, wondering what the hell is going on, and yells for Lanfon to back him up. But Lanfan is staring in the other direction. He isn't the only intruder, she says. Barry's fight suddenly crashes into the room with them. Falman takes a few shots, which Barry complains about, but the man is too fast for him to hit anyway. How many more are there? Falman asks, and Long Fawn answers. Ten? Twenty? No, more than that. Falman panics a bit more at that, pointing out that he's running out of bullets and they don't stand a chance if they get rushed by all of them. Don't worry, they're clustered together in one location and don't seem to be moving, Long Fawn reports. A sudden hammering on the door startles Falman. I thought you said they weren't moving, he shouts, ducking behind the doorframe. The man in stealth gear we saw earlier breaks down the door and enters. He stops Falman from firing, then takes several shots at the first intruder, which he dodges. Lonfon asks this new combatant if he's on their side, and when he nods, she says she'll leave it to him, and leaps away out of the building. Falman, standing close behind the man, catches a whiff of something. Smells like a smoker, he thinks, and then out loud says, Second Lieutenant Havoc." (laughs) The man freezes, then slumps in exasperation. What do you think this mask is for, a fashion statement? He yells. This is why I hate working with amateurs who haven't seen real combat. Falman frantically apologizes, and Havoc begins explaining that they had to keep Falman in the dark. We couldn't risk them finding out that we were setting a trap. Flamin asks where they were hiding out, and Havoc says that they were next door and had moved in during Barry's prison break three days ago. I had to come straight here after work, he adds. I canceled the date for this job. If I get dumped again, I'm filing for workman's comp. (laughs) (laughs) Havoc shouts to get Barry's attention, but he gets tackled by the strange man and caught up in another fight. The man gets a hold of Barry's right arm and rips it right off at the seam. Barry seems to start to realize something as the man leans in close to snarl in his face. Havoc kicks at him to get him off Barry, then shouts for everyone to head outside now. Fallman worries that there could be more waiting, but Havoc insists that they'll be safer outside. Havoc leads them out and engages with the strange man, firing as he closes in, but when the gun jams, it seems like he's cornered. Fallman shouts to him in concern, but a shot suddenly rings out, and a bullet pierces right through the man's hand and shatters the edge of his mask, sending him tumbling. I told you we were safer out here, Havoc says, glancing up at the window of a high tower nearby. We have the Hawks eyes watching over us. And up in her sniper's perch, Riza Hawkeye prepares to take her next shot. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> i heard a loud noise says roy's voice over the headset she is wearing what happened nothing to worry about she answers calmly the customer was being mean to Jacqueline, so i had to slap him you're as strict as ever elizabeth roy says with a smile <laughs> he asks if he should hang up since she seems so busy and as risa fake banters back with him we see fury monitoring all their communications with black Hayate sitting nearby being mm, a good boy
1: good boy <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the most words i've ever heard your owner say fury comments to the dog Back on the ground, Havoc holds a gun on their attacker and orders him not to move, then wonders if he can actually understand anything they're saying. The man looks up, and with more of his mask falling away, Barry suddenly realizes what the weird feeling he's been having means. Hey, what the hell? I mean, no way! That's my body! He shouts, which obviously shocks Falman and Havoc. Those bastards put the soul of some lab animal in my body, he adds. What do you mean? Falman asks. It's not that complicated, Barry says, meeting his own eyes. My body came to get its soul back. Fallman and Havoc wonder what to do now, since this might mean that there's some way for Barry to return to normal, and obviously he would want that, right? But as always, Barry has his own priorities. I can cut up my own body with my own two hands, he shouts in glee. How many people get to slice and dice their own bodies? Fallman and Havoc look a little horrified by this, but Barry goes on. (laughs) I'm having flashbacks to my first victim, my wife. She was a beautiful woman, far too good for me. I'm getting the same chills down my spine as I did back then. I can't stop myself. I want to slice it up. You know what I mean, right? You've had the urge, haven't you? Hell no, Havig says. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, isn't it natural to want to return to your original body? Looking actually slightly melancholy, Barry points out that the body won't last much longer, looking over glimpses of flesh that seem to be festering and sloughing off, and they realize that what they've been smelling from the man is the scent of rot. Havoc and Barry begin to argue over what to do, with Barry insisting he can do what he likes to his own body, and Havoc pointing out that they have another agenda here. Up above, Risa watches this, and Roy asks her what's going on. It looks like an argument, she says. She's having some trouble with the customer. Some customers just don't appreciate good service, Roy says. Tell me about it, she agrees, and then something else catches her attention. "Uh Uh-oh, I'll have to call you back, she says, as she glances over her shoulder to see gluttony looming out of the shadows behind her. One of my regulars is here. She turns quickly and fires, her headset falling to the floor with the movement, and she strikes gluttony right between the eyes. Gluttony, of course, is undeterred, licking at the blood as his wound quickly heals and bearing down on Risa with a wide grin. Risa's eyes go wide, and through the fallen headset, Roy begins to grow frantic as he calls out to her. What's wrong? Elizabeth! Hey! Talk to me! As she continues to not respond, the image of Hugh's body lying in the phone booth flashes suddenly into his mind, and he slams the phone down. High above everything, Lanfan has tracked down Envy, who has been watching it all. Who are you? Envy asks, startled. How did you know I was here? First, you tell me, L'Enfant begins, how many souls do you have inside you? Envy's eyes go wide. I just came here to keep an eye on things, but you leave me no choice, they say as they get to their feet. They bare their teeth in a threatening grin. Too bad, I really hate fighting. L'Enfant pulls the tab on an explosive flare and throws it high into the air. Down below, Roy is speeding through the streets in a car when he spots the flare overhead. Damn it, he says, please let me make it in time. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Everything was a (laughs) dun-dun-dun. Yes. (laughs) It's the official dun-dun-dun since the end of the chapter. Yes. (laughs) Chapter 38, we pick back up with Ling, Al, and Winry, where Ling has apparently just finished explaining something that we don't get to know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why the Major took my big brother? Al asks. Why didn't anyone tell me? But they're interrupted by Ling, noticing the flare Alamfant just set off. Oh my, it's already begun, he says. What is it? Fireworks? Winry asks. Ling grins. It's the signal to strike. He then asks Al if he's coming. Al hesitates for a moment. This might lead us to the person who killed Mr. Hughes, he says. If we're even partially responsible for his death, then I think we need to see this through to the end. Winry looks worried, but doesn't argue with him going. When you come back, you have to tell me everything that happened, okay? She says, and when he agrees, she adds, You'll come back. Whatever happens, you'll come back, won't you? Yeah, Al says, I promise. Down below the city, Lust stands at Father's side. Have you finished cleaning up the situation, he asks. Not yet, but I'm sure they'll contact me soon, Les says. It's only a matter of time before we find out where our little lost lab rat and his vermin friends are hiding. After all, body and soul are inexorably drawn to each other. I hope there won't be any mistakes this time, Father says. I've sent Gluttony and Envy. They will not fail, she assures him. We then cut to Envy, who is failing. (laughs) Actively failing, currently. (laughs) They yank one of Lanphan's knives out of their forehead and scream, You bastard! That's three times you've killed me! (laughs) Muttering angrily, Envy tries fading into the crowd and taking on a new form. You won't know it's me until my knife is in your back, they think, as they creep up on Lanphan with a wicked grin. But Lanphan turns around as soon as Envy draws near, and another knife plunges into their chest. Up in the tower, Reza is having rather less success with Gluttony, who holds her up by the throat as she discharges every shot she has into his skull to no effect. All done? Gluttony asks. Then it's time to eat. He opens his mouth wide, and then it's Black Hayate to the rescue. Yay! <laughs> the little dog latches onto Gluttony's neck, making him drop Risa and redirect his attention. Risa quickly moves away, coughing as she gets her breath back, and she meets up with Fury, who has also arrived on the scene. He tosses her a spare gun, and the two stand and open fire on Gluttony while Hayate leaps safely away. They back him up almost to the window, but they run out of bullets once again before they can do any real damage. Risa and Fury look panicked as Gluttony starts to advance on them again, but then a familiar gloved hand appears between them, and with a snap, Gluttony is blasted backwards through the wall of the building with a burst of flame alchemy. Colonel, Risa cries in surprise, looking back at where Roy has just arrived. Down below, a frustrated Envy calls for Gluttony to come down and help, only to realize that Gluttony is currently plummeting (laughs) to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) You idiot, Envy shouts. This is no time to let yourself get roasted like a pig. In desperation, Envy changes into the form of a dog, but even that is no good, as Lomphan tracks him down immediately, and this time they're cornered, as Al and Ling have also arrived on the scene. They both react with shock as they watch Envy change back into human form, and then Al spots the Ouroboros tattoo. Ling leans over Envy as they recover and mutter angrily about destroying everyone. You're made a little different, aren't you? Ling says. Envy gripes about having to wipe out so many people, and Gluttony springs back up behind them, recovered from his latest death. Hey Envy, can I eat these guys? He asks, and Envy gleefully tells him to go ahead. Lampon explains to Ling that Envy and Gluttony don't die after being killed, and they eagerly wonder if this is immortality. <laughs> I love that panel. Their faces are the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're
1: <laughs> like, does it mean that he's immortal? With like this yeah. huge <laughs> grin and mm-hmm. like
0: <laughs> kind of greedy expression on their faces. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meanwhile in the tower, Risa is chewing out Roy for putting himself on the battlefield here. <laughs> Our lives are insignificant, sir, she yells. If you'd just let us die here, you could have pled ignorance at this affair, but now you've added yourself to the enemy. Sir, are you a total idiot? <laughs> okay, okay, I get it, I'm an idiot, Roy responds. Fury, watching all this with some mild concern, interrupts to let them know that their target is on the move, and they look down to watch Barry in pursuit of his body. Roy orders Fury to begin clearing all signs of their presence from the tower, and Reese orders Hayate to say with them. <laughs> and then the two of them head off down the stairs. Lieutenant, Roy says. Yes, sir. I'm glad you're alive. I'm sorry to have worried you, sir. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true love. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, it's true love when you only express your concern using your military titles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to them as sir or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they get into the car and meet up with Falman and Havoc. Havoc gets in to help them continue their pursuit, while Roy orders Fallman to stay behind and play the victim, to claim he was being held captive by the one behind the prison break, if anyone asks. They're about to take off when Al comes jogging up behind them. Colonel, he calls. This has something to do with Mr. Hughes's murder, doesn't it? Roy just looks at him for a moment, then says, well, are you coming or not? Yes, sir, Al says, and he joins in their pursuit. He only slightly crushes Havoc <laughs> in the backseat of the tiny car. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how he's going to fit in the car. And I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> Badly. <isn't> yes, <laughs> yes. They <laughs> chase after Barry, chasing after his body, noting that they're heading toward the center of the city, which will draw a lot of unwanted attention. Al then shares his own information on their enemies. Colonel, a moment ago, I saw someone with long black hair and an Ouroboros tattoo. He says, I've seen this person once before at Laboratory Number 5. They went by the name Envy. When my brother and I were in the South, we met another person with that tattoo named Greed. He was a homunculus. This shocks Roy so much he nearly veers off the road and hits Barry. <laughs> now hold up. Did you say a homunculus? That's Im- Nothing's impossible, Al cuts in. That's what Greed told me. Just minutes ago, I watched Envy transform from a dog into a person. I would have thought that was impossible if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. Both of them had amazing regenerative abilities. Greed had half his head blown off, and it was back to normal in no time. But I guess there's no way that you believe me. I believe you, Risa says. That fat man. I plugged him with shot after shot in his vital areas, but it didn't even phase him. He must be one of them too. What can I say? Roy says, gritting his teeth anxiously. I've seen so many freaks lately, I don't know what to believe. Which is a little rude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're not freaks. They're just made of a bunch of different souls, apparently. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: totally I thought Ling on. is like, You're made a little different, aren't you? Like...
0: Yeah, love <laughs> yeah, how like kind of freaked out Envy is by like, Ling and Lomfon being able to be like, You're you're not right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Envy's like, I'll just run away. And Lanfan is like, and right in the heart again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Night has fallen by the time they reach what turns out to be their destination. Laboratory number three, where Barry's body has slipped inside. It's under the direct control of the Fury himself. The evidence points directly to the top, Roy says. All right, we know where he's hiding. That's all we need for now. We're pulling back. But Barry, of course, isn't having it. And he charges right in through the front door. <laughs> that bastard's completely lost his mind, Havoc says, irritated but Roy realizes that they can take advantage of this. After Barry goes crashing through the halls, scaring the crap out of the scientists on the site, Roy and company arrive, loudly declaring that they're in pursuit of the murderer who just fled in there and ordering all personnel to evacuate immediately. A soldier salutes and asks what's going on, and Roy tells him that they're after the perpetrator of the incident at the penitentiary. He orders him to have his men bar the doors and assures them that he's already called for backup, which he later informs Al was a lie. They follow Barry's path deep into the building, down the stairs, and past a chained and locked gate, which Al opens with alchemy. When they reach a fork in the road, they decide to split into two groups, Roy and havoc in one direction and Risa and Al in the other. It's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least team Risa and Al is cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet. Al worries for a minute if he's getting in the way of their mission, but Risa adorably gives him a pat on the chest plate and reassures him that his alchemy has been coming in handy and that she'll be counting on him if they come against something that she as a soldier can't handle. Oh, yes, ma'am, Al says, clearly pleased. See? Cute. That's yes, it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, Reese is definitely the one who should have talked to them about Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by what I said <laughs> last time. <laughs> Down the path Roy and Havoc took, they've come across a series of rooms with barred windows and doors, which they note resembles a prison. They enter one wide, destroyed room full of debris and the remnants of scientific equipment. He looks at a table bearing restraints and bloodstains with distaste and adds, Whatever they were doing here, it doesn't look like legitimate research. Then a new voice enters the conversation. Not only did they fail to finish you off, but they allowed you to come here. What on earth were Envy and Gluttony doing? Men both turn around sharply, weapons ready, and Havoc's eyes go wide as Lust approaches. First you stood me up on our date, and now to find you in a place like this, she says to him, smirking. I thought we had something, Jean. (laughs) Solaris, what are you doing here? Havoc demands, and Roy says, you know her? Oh yes, Jean and I are dating, Lust says, clearly enjoying this. Roy points out her Ouroboros tattoo, which Havoc says he also just now saw for the first time. I'm sorry I had to deceive you, but I needed information, she says. I can see why you fell for her, Roy says dryly. After all, you're a sucker for big boobs. I can't help it, sir. I just love boobs, <laughs> Havok admits with tears in his eyes. <laughs> but it turns out Havoc was more clever than Lust gave him credit for, as he didn't give her a single bit of worthwhile information. I'm at least smart enough to keep my work and love life separate, he says. So your name is Solaris? Roy asked. Just an alias, she replies. Did you know Maze Hughes? Les smiles. I knew him quite well. He was a handsome and intelligent man. Her smile grows suddenly cruel. It's too bad I couldn't finish him off myself. Without warning, Roy shoots her through the leg. On your knees, he says sharply. Tell me everything you know. I'm sorry, Les says, still standing. She clutches at her wound and heals immediately. But it'll take a lot more than you two can dish out to make me get on my knees. Roy promptly fires several more times, which sends her skidding backwards, but does not make her stumble. She starts to laugh and look at the blood dripping from the bullet hole in her forehead. You're merciless, she says. I guess that comes with being the hero of the Ishvalan War. Havok looks terrified as he realizes she, too, must be a homunculus, and Luss smiles and mockingly praises him for having done his research. Allow me to reward your diligence with something few have ever seen, she says. And she extends her long talons and pierces them into her own chest, tearing apart the flesh there to reveal the Philosopher's Stone at her core. The ultimate transmutation amplifier, thought to exist only in legend, she explains. This stone is my heart. That's how we were created. You monster, Roy says, grimacing. How rude, she replies. We have the same appearance as you, the same five senses, the same emotions. We have the same love for the parent that gave birth to us. We are human. Roy pretty quickly realizes that Lust is only revealing so much because she has no intention of letting them leave here alive. But he also realizes something else. The fact that a homunculus such as yourself, whose very existence is top secret, is here, must mean that something very important lies ahead. His eyes narrow with determination. I'm going to find out what you're hiding. He then humorously tells Havoc he's going to have to break up with this girl, and (laughs) Havoc, looking much more freaked out than his boss, bemoans his terrible luck with women. Lust, unimpressed, swiftly slices Roy's gun in half before he can make a move. Roy shouts for Havoc to cover him as he quickly pulls on his gloves, but Lust cries, too slow, and makes another cut. This one through the this one threw a water pipe overhead, which quickly drenches both of them. Let's see you start a fire now that your ignition gloves are all wet. Both men wisely turn tail and run, diving out into the hallway and taking cover on either side of the door. What do we do, sir? Havoc panics. She's gonna slice us up like loaves of bread! But Roy is a little less freaked. Hm, that woman underestimates me, he says. This is actually a boon. Where there's water, there's an ample supply of hydrogen. I can transmute as much flammable gas as I want, and in that sealed-off room... He puts his gloved hand down on the wet floor and begins the transmutation, which sparks under Lust's feet, and then Havoc, the smoker, stands and hurls his lit lighter into the room. Lust has a split second to look shocked before the big kaboom. After a moment, Roy and Havoc enter the burned-out room. Havoc finds his lighter on the floor, warped and broken, and complains that it won't even light now. Cigarette in his mouth, he turns to ask Roy, then realizes he can't light anything right now. You better not be calling me a wet match, Roy snaps. <laughs> they venture further into the room, and Havoc asks Roy if he thinks she burned up. She was either blown to bits or incinerated, he answers. No, definitely incinerated. How can you tell, sir, Havoc asks. When people are incinerated, the fat from their bodies disperses into the air, Roy explains. I know when a freshly burned body is nearby because my lips get sticky from the fat. Ew, Havoc says, elegantly and accurately. (laughs) 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 Something you learned in the Ishvalan Civil War? Roy doesn't answer that. Her corpse is close, he says instead. We can't underestimate her regenerative powers. Stay alert. As if on cue, Lust's talons suddenly shoot from the rubble, piercing straight through Havoc's middle. Havoc, Roy screams as Havoc drops to the ground, and Lust, her body still regenerating, emerges from the burned debris. Havoc, stay with me! Havoc coughs up blood, and Roy, furious, takes up his shotgun and fires right into Lust's chest. It sends her reeling backward, but she continues to grin. It'll take more than that to kill me, she gloats. You're powerless to defeat me and powerless to save him. But Roy wasn't shooting to kill. He closes the distance before Lust can get back up and plants his foot on her arm to keep her down. The way to save him is in here, he shouts, and he plunges his hand into the quickly closing wound in her chest, takes hold of the Philosopher's Stone there, and rips it from her body as she screams in agony. Now that I've seen your regenerative ability, I'm convinced that the Philosopher's Stone has the power to amplify transmutation, Roy says. If you don't mind, I'll use this to heal my subordinate. And Lust's body begins to disintegrate behind him as he walks quickly back to Havoc's side. He kneels down beside Havoc and calls for him to hang on. Healing alchemy isn't my expertise, but if I use the stone to supplement my skill, he says. But in his hand, the stone begins to spark with alchemy as the reaction begins. He turns his head and finds Lust horrifically reforming around the stone clutched in his hand. Don't you think it's a bit rude to grow up a lady's breast, Colonel Mustang, she sneers, and as Rory reacts with shock, her talons pierce straight through his side. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, <laughs> the next official dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it
1: is horrifying the way her body is when she's in a good way, horrifying in a good way. Yeah, it's like
0: like literally reforming around his hand. It's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sometimes the series is disgusting in a good way.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And by sometimes I mean pretty much every time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chapter thirty nine opens outside the laboratory, where the soldiers roy ordered to stand guard are wondering what's going on inside, and if they should really just be standing out in the open like that. A car rolls up, which they assume to be the reinforcements that Roy lied about calling but out steps the Fuhrer himself. The soldiers are obviously very shocked by this, but they hurry to give a report when the Fuhrer asks. It's the fugitive who attacked the penitentiary this morning. Colonel Mustang is pursuing him, sir. Bradley frowns at this. Then I suppose I should go give him a hand, he says, heading inside. The soldiers try to get him to stop and wait for the reinforcements, but he draws his sword and firmly declares, I'm going in alone. Over with Risa and Al, they hear the distant sound of Roy's explosive attack on Lust, but also notice a trail of blood on the ground. Barry went this way, Risa says. And at the other end of the building, Roy bleeds. I thought I told you. The Philosopher's Stone is my heart, Lus says, leaning in close with a smile. We homunculi are closer to the truth than you humans. You could say that we are the next link in the evolutionary chain. She retracts her claws and lets him drop, though she keeps hold of his wrist so she can pull off his glove and shred it to pieces. I'm sorry, she says. I hate to kill you. You are a potential candidate for human sacrifice. But now that you've stuck your neck in this far, I can't let you live. She strides off past both of the men now lying bleeding on the floor. Now, there are still a few more mice scurrying about. I suppose I should take care of them too. Enjoy watching your subordinate bleed to death. You'll be joining him soon enough. On the floor on the floor, Roy struggles to drag himself closer to Havoc and calls out to him, but he gets no reply. Answer me, Havoc, he yells. Everyone's dying before me. Damn it, you bastard, I won't let you die before I do. Havoc Over with Risa now, they finally caught up to Barry, who stands over the bloody remains of his body in front of a huge door bearing a very similar esoteric design to the one we saw in lab five. Risa covers her nose as they draw closer, and Barry laments the state of his former body. What a waste of meat. My body's all rotten, he says. Those bastards put some other soul in my body. Guess the body didn't take too well to its new occupant. The body and soul were in conflict with each other. No wonder my body was decomposing. This results in another minor identity crisis, courtesy of Barry, for Al. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. A soul inside a stranger's body will always be in conflict with its host, he thinks uneasily. This metal body, with a person's soul inside it. There's no guarantee that I won't reject my soul before we accomplish our objective. Back outside, Lan and Ling are still fighting with Envy and Gluttony. Envy delivers a literally earth-shattering blow that misses Lan but sends her jumping back with an arm up to protect her eyes from the debris. This is enough for Envy to finally get a hold of her, grabbing onto the sash around her waist with a menacing grin. But then Ling's sword comes flying out of nowhere to stab an Envy's side. and reacting quickly, Lan grabs the handle and slashes it through her opponent's body. Lanfan Ling cries out Mm -hmm. as he comes racing by, Gluttony in close pursuit. Quick, toss me my sword, please! Lanfan obeys quickly, and as Gluttony gleefully leaps to make his attack, Ling turns and holds his sword braced in front of him, and Gluttony's own momentum slices him cleanly in half. Unfortunately, Gluttony merely frowns and literally pulls himself back together. (laughs) This is really getting old, Ling complains. Can we just skip to the part where you guys surrender? But a small crowd is gathered to the fight, and Envy is growing furious. Well, look here, Gluttony. We've got an audience, they say. Can I have a bite? Huh? Huh? Gluttony asks, hopefully. No, Envy says. You can swallow them whole. Gluttony looks surprised, then opens his mouth wide in a terrifyingly eager grin, drool running down his chin. A chemical energy sparks ominously from Envy as they continue. The spectators, the Easterners, and everyone else who's seen us. Devour them all! But then a strange voice rings out that stops Envy and Gluttony in their tracks. What are you doing? Ling and Long look around in alarm. Pride? Envy calls out. What are you doing here? Not only did you fail in your mission and disgrace yourselves for all to see, the voice continues. You let the enemy slip right into our headquarters. Headquarters, Envy says in alarm. Your mind is muddled, Envy, and your skills lacking. You should withdraw for now. But silence, you impudent brat. Do you plan to disgrace yourself even further? Envy grits their teeth in frustration, but ultimately relents. Let's go, Gluttony, they say, turning to leave. But they shoot one last barb over their shoulder. Hey, you narrowly escaped death today. You think so? Ling says with a confident smile. I wouldn't assume that till we battle. Envy humps and stalks away. And Ling waits until they're well out of sight before allowing himself to freak out. What the heck was that? He yells. <laughs> Lan Phan apologizes to him for allowing the key to immortality to escape, but Ling dismisses that. Don't sweat it, Lanfon, he says. I don't know what they're plotting, but there's more to them than we've seen so far. Plus, I think they have some more comrades, so we really did narrowly escape death. He wipes the sweat from his face, looking fatigued. Truly, there are a lot of interesting people in this country. Back at the stone door beneath the lab, Lust has arrived on the scene. She's very annoyed when Barry greets her cheerfully. Number 66, she snarls. I see, so they used you as bait and I fell for it. Why did you help the colonel? Heh. what can I say? I gotta be me, Barry says. I never wanted to live my life such as it is, kissing up to you freaks and hiding in the shadows. But even when I escaped after lab number 5 fell, I had to keep a low profile so you wouldn't find me. The only way I can be free is if you're all dead. But above all, I want to chop you up. Tis tisk. what am I going to do with you? Lust asks with a sigh. She turns her attention to Al. And you, armor boy, you just had to tag along with the big boys. Now you leave me no choice. Killing two candidates for human sacrifice in one night is quite a setback. Human sacrifice? Two of them? Al asks. That's right, Lust answers. You and another. Hey, lady, stop chit-chatting with the help, Barry cuts in, annoyed. (laughs) He lifts his cleaver and jumps in for the attack. The next words to come from your pretty mouth, Lusty, will be your last. But Lust simply extends her deadly talons and with one quick swipe, cuts Barry's armor body to ribbons. I hate rude men, she says as the pieces clatter to the ground. She walks over the remains toward Risa and Al. Now, who wants to go first, she asks. Armor boy? Or maybe the lieutenant? You seem like the loyal type. Very soon I'll send you to join your commanding officer. Risa's eyes go wide. Wait, she asks in a slightly shaky voice. You said two candidates in one night? It can't be. It can't be. Lus gives a cruel grin, and Reese's expression changes from horrified realization to absolute fury. She begins firing her weapon, screaming with a rage that makes Al startle next to her. She empties one full clip into Lusk's head and chest and swiftly reloads, and when she reaches the end of that one, she only pauses long enough to drop the gun and draw the spare from her shoulder holster, and then continues to fire. She pulls the trigger a few more times when it's empty before stopping, panting with anger and effort between gritted teeth. But Lus still stands. Are you finished? She asks calmly as her wounds swiftly heal. Risa looks shocked for a moment. She grits her teeth again and looks down, shaking. And then suddenly tears begin to flow down her cheeks. She drops to the ground, staring down in utter despair. You humans are such sad, weak, foolish creatures, Lus says as she moves in for the kill. But Al steps forward, standing between them. Get up, Lieutenant, he says. You have to get out of here. "'Foolish, boy. Do you want to die first? Lust asks. Al claps his hands together and transmutes a spear from the ground, which he brandishes at Lust. She looks surprised for a moment, then smiles. "'So, you open the portal,' she says. She destroys the spear with a swipe of her hand. "'What a shame. I have to waste a perfectly good human sacrifice.' She pierces through Al's armor, and he grabs hold of one of her lances, grappling with her for a moment. "'Don't just sit there, lieutenant,' he yells to Risa. "'Run!' Stay out of my way, boy. This woman wants to die, Les says, taking aim with her free hand. Al throws out his arm to block the attack. I won't let you. With her head still down, still unmoving, Risa says, leave me, Alphonse. Save yourself. And when Al refuses, she yells, I said leave me. Just get out of here. No, Al yells. I won't. I'm sick of watching people die because of my weaknesses. And he remembers Nina, Hughes, Martel, all smiling in his memory. I won't let another person I care about be killed. Not if there's anything I can do to protect them. Risa, for a moment, looks up in surprise. Lust's attack cracks through Al's armor, sending the shoulder guard and jaw flying, but he holds his ground, eyes blazing. And then a voice calls out, I like what you just said, Alphonse Alric." Lust and Risa both react with shock, but Al just quickly puts his hands together and transmutes a wall from the ground that he drags himself and Risa behind, just in time to protect against the massive explosion that knocks Lust to the floor. What? she cries in outrage. To gain the initiative in war, first take away your enemy's mobility. And whenever possible, use the element of surprise, announces Roy as he emerges from the smoke. His uniform is bloodied and he's clutching at his side with one hand, but in his other hand he holds up the mangled lighter. A recreation of his flame alchemy sigil is etched into the back of his hand, still bleeding. You're finally on your knees, Homunculus used the lighter's flint as an ignition and cut a transmutation circle into his own skin, Lust realizes in disbelief, also helpfully explaining for those of us back home. <laughs> I love it when they do that, especially in like shonen manga uh, yeah. always, where they're like, wow, he used the sword,
1: the sword of time, the one that we found. It has a special power, the power called whatever. And it's like, oh, thank you. I needed the recap.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> where promptly demonstrates the technique by burning her again. You should have bled to death, she snarls as she heals. How are you alive? I used fire to sear the wounds closed, Roy says, and he pushes his uniform shirt aside to reveal the mess of burned flesh on his torso. Almost passed out two or three times in the process. Visa makes an attempt to leave the shelter and head toward Roy, but Al quickly pulls her back to safety as another rush of fire envelops Lust. When we met before, you said that it would take more than that to kill you, Roy says, eyes alight with determination and anger. In that case, I'll keep killing you until you stay dead. And Roy does just that, repeatedly sparking fire explosion after fire explosion, each too fast for Lust to fully recover or react. In one last, desperate, furious move, Lust lunges for Roy with her long nails extended as her body burns once more. She stops just short, the tip of her lance an inch away from Roy's skull, and then her body begins to crumble away. You won, she admits, and she smiles almost contently. I hate to lose, but if I must die, I'm glad it's at the hands of a man like you. Those eyes, so clear and focused. I love them. I look forward to seeing those eyes become clouded with suffering. That day will come very soon. Her words fade as her body does, bones turning to dust. The last piece to go is the Philosopher's Stone, which hits the ground with a chiming sound before also crumbling away into nothing. His task complete, the adrenaline fades and Roy falls to the ground. Colonel! Risa cries, immediately running to his side. "'Oh, Lieutenant, you're safe,' Roy says with a weak smile, half-dazed, and Risa yells at him to worry about himself. "'Alphonse, thank you for protecting my subordinate,' he says instead. "'Never mind that. We have to call a doctor,' Al says. "'Yes, hurry,' Royce says, his smile fading. "'Call a doctor for havoc, please.' Outside the room, the Fuhrer stands in shadow, his blade drawn. He considers for a moment, then sheaths the blade and walks away. Later, when the room empties out, we get one more surprise. Despite the shredded armor, Barry's blood seal is still intact, on one solid strip of metal lying on the ground. It's a good thing I was playing dead, he thinks, Mm. and then wonders what to do. I can't move around like this. Where is everyone? Someone fix me up. But turns out someone is around, as Barry's bloody, rotting body drags itself over to loom over the blood seal. You're still alive? Barry panics. No, don't come any closer. The body reaches out and picks up the scrap of metal, looks down at the blood seal with a wide grin, tears running from its eyes. Who do you think you're dealing with? Barry demands. I'm Barry the Chopper. I paralyze Central City with fear. As soon as I'm fixed, I'll chop you too. Hey, wait. The body reaches toward the blood seal with shaking fingers. No, stop. Wh-. And with that final plea, the body scratches through the seal, destroying it. And then both body and soul finally leave this world. Outside, the fear emerges from the building, and the soldiers on guard frantically ask what's going on. Call an ambulance, is all he says. Better make it too, And fast. The soldiers hurry to obey, and Barry- Barry. Yeah. (laughs) I just miss him so much. (laughs) I miss him already. He's only been gone for like three panels. (laughs) The soldiers hurry to obey, and Bradley stares back at the laboratory with a frown as sirens begin to rush to the scene. Back at the hotel, Winry is sitting outside on the steps while she waits for Al, even as darkness falls. A hotel worker steps out and suggests she wait inside, but Winry doesn't even seem to notice him. They're all right, she whispers to herself. They're all right. The hotel worker looks at her with concern, but then a clanking sound from down the street catches their attention. Al emerges from the darkness into the light cast by the hotel, banged up, but okay. Winry tears up at the sight and worriedly says his name. Um, Al says uncertainly, I'm home. Winry sniffles, holding back tears. You idiot, she shouts. Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks, Al says with a chuckle. The two laugh for a minute, and then panic as Al's damaged right arm suddenly falls (laughs) off. (laughs) That's the end of chapter thirty. The hotel workers, like, panicking the whole time because
1: Al's yeah. empty.
0: <laughs> yeah, they need they need to get the, like, uh, little memories zapper thing from Men in Black. Yeah, really, I know.
1: Wow, so many things happened, jeez. I know. Once mm-hmm. again, another jam-packed... I feel like literally every chapter, like, something crazy happens. Mm-hmm. But this was, like, three in a row where something crazy happened.
0: <laughs> this was one of those... Uh, yeah, we were talking about, like, Harry Potter a while ago, and I said that, like... The, like reveal at the end of prisoner of Azkaban made me have to like set the book down and like walk around for a minute it, like blew, blew my tiny <laughs> mind <laughs> the moment where it reveals that they're like talking in code over the radio mm-hmm. was like another mm. one of those moments for me <laughs> i was yeah. like i mean
1: obviously i read it as an adult so i was like i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're talking in code but i was like who the fuck is this like guy who's like He's calling Jacqueline. I thought it was just like a, some kind of like hitman or like a random person. Yeah. But I love when mm-hmm. he
0: goes in and Fallman's like, Is that you, Havoc? And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that page where it like cuts over and has to like, Jacqueline, you have a customer. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Holy <gasps> shit. I <laughs> mean, yeah, it, was, it was still great. I was just like,
1: I'm pretty sure yeah. he's talking in code. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. But to whom and what it was about, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, a customer's here. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like, what the fuck is it? I this? think I knew something was up when he was like, "I want to go fishing, fishing," but,
1: <laughs> but fishing yeah. for what? And with what? And how? <laughs> it was kind of an interesting set of. It's so okay. So, he... so just to clarify, they, so the homunculi released Barry the Chopper's body, but they didn't know about that. But they had previously set up this scheme to let to chase Barry into like to try to lure whoever was behind hughes like hughes murder because roy i guess knows that they're all interconnected like they would have known about barry in lab five because he found out mm-hmm. something because he was
0: investigating yeah yeah i think they yeah i think they just knew that like they would be interested in doing something about barry yes and so they were just kind of waiting to see since barry that's had right. revealed himself since they sent him into the penitentiary because they did Apparently.
1: say <laughs> well he said like okay we know where the enemy is you don't need mm-hmm. to go any further because he had run into the to lab three, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and Barry the chopper basically ignored them, and that's where the whole thing fell apart. Because they were just gonna stop the their mission there, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then Ro was like, "Actually, we can use this to our advantage." And they're like, "We're pursuing mm-hmm. the murderer." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, I don't know if it worked out for them. They all almost died, so <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: they did kill a homunculus though.
1: They did. So one down. They did. Yes.
3: Two down, really. Count greed.
1: Oh, that's true. They don't know about greed, though, I guess. That's true. That's true. We're down two. We're special. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying we're special because we know? Yeah. We're the audience. We have omnipotent knowledge. (laughs) Yes. Well, they don't know about all the others. I mean, they know about, Mm and the only one they know about for sure was envy until this time. Mm
2: -hmm. And then they knew
1: about, so they know about envy. Like, Al knows about envy. Mm -hmm. And then
0: Reason knows about gluttony. So they know about envy and gluttony. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they would collectively. Yeah, they they'd all they'd seen envy. I think Ed had seen lust. I don't think en- Ed. I don't think Al had seen lust. No, and I don't think any of them had seen gluttony, because yeah. gluttony wasn't there in Lab Five.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then like they met greed and realized like they were all they were homunculi and all connected in some way. Mm-hmm. Team mm-hmm. Rocket with their or Ourobor- yes with their <laughs> Orbora's tattoo, and then like this kind of allows them to put like all that information together.
1: Yes, Ed Ed knows about lust. I don't know if he remembers because I thought they said he only remembers Envy I think they
0: he like drew a little crappy sketch of her I thought he drew a crappy sketch of hospital. Envy I think he drew it no
3: because I don't think he ever saw Envy I think he only saw Lust and oh, then got okay. knocked out no because didn't Envy Envy knocked him out
0: yeah, he saw both of them. Oh, okay, okay. So he he saw does them. see both of them, yeah. Because he was getting all mad and about to like beat up Envy, and then his arm broke. And then Envy's like, lucky, <laughs> yeah. and knees him in the gut.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Envy was the one who carried him out, though. That's how Al knows about him. Yeah, that's how Al knows. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ed knows about lust. But Ed isn't there, so that doesn't
0: matter. <laughs> yeah. None of the people who... Had any familiarity with what lust looked like, we're there to stop Havoc from making a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. To be like, be more Although careful he... about screening your dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although he did good. He didn't tell her anything.
1: No, yeah, he, he did a good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. For being a silly character, he's a good soldier, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. Like, we've talked about it with Armstrong before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: like how characters who like seem to primarily be there for the existence of gags actually have, like, talent and skills and purpose for mm-hmm. why they're in the role they are and stuff
1: and it seems like his like i love to I, I want a girlfriend or whatever is set up as like a gag but that it was obviously very important yeah in mm-hmm. this series of chapters so mm-hmm. slash last time the end of last time is it time.
3: too early for a rant
1: a rant Oh, yeah. It's never too early for a rant.
3: Oh, my goodness. Can I get going? Okay. So that's kind of one of my, my main issues with longer shonen shows is that <laughs> there are these characters that are, you know, the joke characters, their their whole purpose is gags and everything. And there's just no character growth with them. You'll see them, like, they're, they're, you know, kind of worthless and they're not very good. And then, you know, during an arc, they'll have their moment where they're, they just kind of get get it they're doing much better they're doing what they're supposed to they're all this hot shit <laughs> and then the next episode they're like how the fuck do i even open a can of tomatoes i don't i don't what is this i can't i can't do this and it's just like you you were literally just the best farmer in the fucking town <laughs> i've been watching a farming anime it's okay <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I don't know where the Candace thing came from, but I had to go with it. see I, I
0: want to watch this like hypothetical farming shounen.
1: <laughs> well, after this week, can read Silver Spoon. Isn't that a farming shounen? I, I
0: was gonna say there is a farming anime, but I don't know if I I, I. I guess it might technically be a shonen, but I don't. I don't think it has like a tournament arc. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then he used his powers to grow the best cow for 4H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, Aracod, uh has a farming manga called Silver Spoon. Yeah. It's good. Have you read no. it? I've never read it. I've read a lot of it, not all of it. Okay. Mm. It, it came out, I think, I don't know if it's done or on a break or I don't know. I don't know what its status is, but it was coming out weekly, so it was more than I could keep up with. Mm. <laughs> mm. But um, it is very good, obviously.
1: I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think she's demonstrated her story writing or her storytelling mm-hmm. abilities in this mm-hmm. series. I'm sure that no matter what, it's good.
0: It's pretty interesting to go from this like you know action-packed like fantasy shonen series to like a fairly realistic uh, like slice of life kind of farming series, hmm. but uh, hmm. very good in a different way.
1: Hmm. But you're okay. But I agree with your rant because yeah, uh, <laughs> back to back to the topic at hand. I agree with your rant because I don't know. I mean, I haven't. It's not like I've watched every single shonen. Thing that exists or read every single shonen thing that exists but typically it's not my favorite genre because of that things get really like extended for a long time mm-hmm. for no reason yeah and, like like,
0: the, like 800 chapters of stuff kind of series yeah that's what i, I like about full octopus it's you know 108 chapters tells its story it has a story and done. the story like, is yeah. done yes yeah
1: it's not just like mm-hmm. i mean i know a lot of people love one piece but it's not Mm -hmm. been running for thousands of years, you know? Yeah, (laughs) I can't even wrap my head around how
0: long One Piece is. It's It's like, I try to contemplate it and I'm like, that's too many. That's too many chapters. It's so long (laughs) that to catch up would
1: just take you forever. I know. And I don't think that it's like episodic. Like, it's not like, you know, like Doraemon or whatever, where you could probably just watch it and... It's not like you need like prior context,
0: but yeah. I don't know. I bet someone's broken down, like, here's the filler arcs you can skip and stuff. But <laughs> oh, somebody's yeah. done that for so. every series that ever existed, which is helpful, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> the chapter list can't even fit on one Wikipedia page. What? Because it's so long? <laughs> There's list of One Piece chapters, 1 through 186. List of One Piece chapters, 187 through 388. Oh list of One Piece chapters, 389 through 594. List of One Piece chapters, 595 through 806. And list of One Piece chapters, 807 to current.
1: There's 97 volumes. Mm-hmm. It's been running since 1997.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're at almost 1,000 chapters. I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you keep a plot going that long? No, they're over 1,000. <laughs> haven't been put in a volume yet wow <laughs> holy shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sound really upset like <laughs> you're like i am i am really upset oh uh, lord <laughs> <laughs> i don't i wonder why there's something that's off-putting about that to me too i mean even like like i like zinuyasha but it's long uh-huh. like it's really long i've never read all the manga yeah There's
0: just I don't think there's any story that needs to be there many the chapters. Like, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, before the number of chapters broke my brain. Um, yeah. Before
1: Cosm's rant, which I agree with, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to add, oh. like, in addition to it being, like, you know, 108 chapters tells its story and it's done. Um, it's like, yeah, the characters are all, like, they have, all have a purpose for being there. They all
1: mm-hmm. have
0: internal lives and, like, development and stuff.
1: Even, like, the third, although like, Cheska mm.
0: came back recently. Yeah. I was going to say it's like and most of the characters like come back in some way even if it's not like a hugely significant mm-hmm. character. Like even like, you know, Kyle from the oh, right, yeah, mining town came back yeah. in a recent chapter. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't like forget about. Like I think that's another thing that a lot of mm. anime in general, but um I guess media in general, yeah. but um especially in shonen anime, it's like where they're like, "Oh, we had this you know, heartfelt, emotional moment with these characters in this town, and now we're going to leave and never talked about them again. Yeah, for like, sure.
1: <laughs> I think Inoasha's it, like guilty like, of that,
0: for sure. There's, like, a ton yeah. of random mm-hmm. where they're like, and then
1: we helped the, like, lord of this village. The end. And then you, they never yeah. see them again,
0: or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like Ed and Al have, like, talked about Usewell since then. Mm-hmm. And, like, in this chapter alone, they brought up Nina again, along yep. with um, Hughes and Martle. I'm not crying.
1: Yeah, not crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ignita like mm-hmm. was like what chapter four or chapter five yeah or we talked about
1: it a couple episodes yeah. ago it was quite early mm-hmm. yeah we were talking about when scar but showed it's still, up yeah
0: yeah but it's still like emotionally affecting these characters and it's something they still think about mm-hmm. i think it's pretty realistic in that
1: way it also mm-hmm. hasn't i mean it feels like it's been a long time mm-hmm. for us it's been weeks and weeks but i think like in the context of the story it hasn't actually been that long mm-hmm because they said in this, this is like, oh, the person who broke into the prison like last night, that was like three chapters yeah. ago. So <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Or, or this morning, I think he said, which to me implies early, yeah. the, you know, late at night or early in the morning because it was dark.
0: Yeah. I think, in, yeah, I think they say it was like, yeah, a few days ago when they're talking about like when they set up there at
1: the thing. beginning with like laying in. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially, I don't think it's been that long, but it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, last time we saw Scar, he was still bandaged Mm -hmm. and stuff, so it implies that it hasn't been that long as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it feels like a long time, not only because, like, it's been, like, real time a while for us. Yes. um, (laughs) Also, that's just, like, a lot happening with a lot of different characters in a lot of different places. It's
1: a lot of moving parts. It's happening at the
0: same time, but it's, like, has to be told over different chapters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But yeah, no, you're right, Cossum. <laughs> and this series is superior because it doesn't have this, like, just, yeah, of mm-hmm. long arcs that don't matter. Like, not even, every, I feel like every chapter moves the story forward. Mm-hmm. Like, there's never, mm-hmm. like, a filler. Even, like, the, um, you know, the one where they go and deliver the baby yeah. or whatever. Like, that's not, yeah. it's not just filler. Like, there were mm-hmm. things that happened that were
0: important. Yeah. There's character development. Character development. Mm-hmm. And characters, like. Figuring things out about each other and stuff. -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, now that we've established (laughs) that *Fumakas* is better than all other *Shonen*, don't add us. Uh
1: (laughs) 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 I'm sure it's in a, it's in a, it's definitely in a tier of *Shonen*. Mm -hmm. It's in a tier of, it's actually, I mean, I'd say it's in a tier of series. There's a lot of shitty *Shoujo* manga. Like, let's, yeah, (laughs) not kid ourselves. I've read *Hot Gimmick*. I mean.
0: (laughs) Yeah, shitty shojo is just different in a way, in a shitty in, in a different way than Shitty Shonen is. It's like reading a yeah. teen girl
1: magazine where it's like, they said this and they said that. And you're like, I'm dying,
0: but I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the Shoujo version of filler arcs is like they have the same misunderstanding over and over again. <laughs>
1: yes. It's <laughs> the same misunderstanding over and over again. But does he really love me? <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Calling on this already. Yes.
0: And <laughs> anyway. Anyway.
3: I mean, what was that? A rant into a tangent into another tangent?
1: It was, yeah, yeah. it was like tangent to Fontana. And came back into the
0: rant. Yeah. yeah. It came back yeah, into the had rant. Had a whole. Rejoined the rant. Had a whole, like, uh, recommendation for Silver Spoon in the middle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, sounds good. <laughs> but I'm really busy reading FMA constantly right now, so. Yeah. You know. I don't think I can handle some other thing. (laughs) I don't know if I can handle the drama.
0: (laughs) Drama of cows.
1: (laughs) So many cows. So much drama. I (laughs) believe that a farming series could be dramatic. There's like, oh no, the cow's in labor. What are we going to do? Oh no. I don't Mm. know. Whatever. You know. It's the middle of the night and a rainstorm and we can't call the the vet the cow doctor. The cow doctor. The bridge is out. It's a random student, this a main student, an Un- unexperienced student, is gonna have to deliver the cow baby. <laughs> You're like, stop
0: spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll become an apprentice to the master cow milker, <laughs> milker, <laughs>
2: cow
1: builder. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like the... I guess one who breeds cows could be called a cow builder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the like you know the lab where they go in at the end this is kind of a rant. It's so messy. Like I feel like if you're going to be conducting sketchy experiments you shouldn't do it in a dirty lab. Like what what are you doing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like hey. all these like okay like we know the visual language for abandoned means full of garbage mm-hmm. but like it should just be like immaculate but covered
0: in dust. Mm -hmm. like (laughs) well it seems like 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 the room was like crumbling like something had happened to the like building foundations because it's like
1: there's a lot of damage in the building but they're all just walking around on top of it so
0: (laughs) (laughs) what else are you gonna do i mean yeah
1: i guess they built another building on top of it it's like one of those Mm -hmm. like hidden cities where there's like a like that one sank into the swamp. Yeah. In the <laughs> <laughs> that one burned down, fell over, then sank into the swamp. <laughs> the building does look like the walls are like cracked and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was surprised there was water in the pipe for less to be cutting. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess it could be piping to the building above.
1: That's what I guess. It's just it's implied that it's like a basement of the building above. But essentially, as they get deeper and deeper into the thing, because first they they find the gate. You know, they walk through the halls, the, first, the upstairs halls look normal, then they get to the gate, then it's like kind of a sketchy hallway, if you look at it, like it's it's mm-hmm. darkened and obviously it's gated off, but it's not in disrepair, like the lower part where they end up, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And then once they get into the sketchy lab, then it's really sketchy. Yeah, because like doors
0: are like falling off the hinges and like mm-hmm. windows are other cracked. parts of the piping are like broken and fallen and stuff. It's like so. the lab
1: in Stranger Things, where do you think something bad happened here <laughs> in these labs? Yeah. That they're all yeah. like completely damaged. I just feel like damage from abandonment is different than complete disarray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's also possible that they like intentionally like yeah. destroyed the rooms some. Like, because I mean, they blew up the entirety of Lab 5 to try to cover the Yeah. Tracks, so, <laughs> like yeah. messing up a couple of
1: rooms. <laughs> Maybe. Well, they didn't do a good enough job because they were like, look at all this blood here. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Roy and Havoc helped them out then by blowing up that room. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nobody's finding any
0: bloodstains in that room anymore. No.
1: Well, just the new, the fresh ones from Roy and Havoc being stabbed. Yeah. But like even the door with the esoteric symbol on it looks kind of roughed up too. Like it looks like it's in rough yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. The big door. <laughs>
0: Monkey Lighter like, they can't be in here. They'll see the big
1: door. <laughs> <laughs> They'll see all the tubes. Yes. I did, I like, there's a comment later. I mean, sorry, I was just flipping through and I noticed where they're like, there's a bunch of spectators, or whatever. And I was like, I like how they're doing all this operation in like broad daylight the whole time. Mm-hmm. And there's like people creeping in mm-hmm. the background of the scenes yeah. <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Must be weird living in a Mestris where it's just like constant. You're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's just the old military again doing something crazy and suspicious. I guess <laughs> we don't need to know about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's probably like living in a superhero comic <laughs> city. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Living in Gotham City.
0: Yeah. You're like, oh, oh
1: there he is again. Clown is holding the town hostage again it's okay <laughs> i think it's interesting that ling is trying to get immortality we should i think maybe we could talk about barry ling is trying to get information mm-hmm. about immortality from barry
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he's like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about maybe ask that owl guy i don't care <laughs> <Like>, yeah <laughs> it's like i told you that my soul was ripped forcefully out of my body <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think it's interesting that they so basically the, the setup. The homunculi use Barry's body as bait, where they will mm-hmm. say they say that the body will attract, be attracted to the soul.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I c- continue to be horrified by my um, finding Barry funny, where he's like, I want to chop up my own body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Havoc and um, Fallman are like, <laughs> no, I've yeah. never felt that feeling. <laughs> yeah. But he seems happy about it, so whatever. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's like it's my body <laughs> i get to choose how i dispose of it so yeah. i mean that's legitimate
0: <laughs> yeah it's like he's got a point <laughs>
1: yeah he's got a good point <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was interesting in the code scene where they referred to both well, i guess they referred were referring to barry as the customer but yeah. risa is like oh the customer was getting uh like getting like mad at jacqueline or whatever but she mm-hmm. had shot barry's body's hand i
3: think i take it to mean the customers are the people who are not in the phone call who can't like, like really communicate with each other yeah, yeah. whereas oh, okay. whereas the employees would be the people who they can yes. actually actively communicate yeah. with
0: i think a customer is like any of the people that they're trying to move around <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. like move around yeah i so... see because mm-hmm. <laughs> like she also refers to gluttony as a exactly, oh, that's right. yeah.
1: yeah. one of my regulars here Hmm. <laughs> I think it was endearing that Roy drove over there to help them. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I love the idea of like recently having this like giggly, phone call, <laughs> like while she's mm-hmm. like holding a sniper rifle. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like how um, like Fury is like I've never heard her say this much. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, wait. So so this so Ling Ling knew about all this as well, right? Mm-hmm. He knew about the fireworks and mm-hmm. so he knew about um.
0: Yeah, he's in he's in the loop. Yes,
1: he's in the loop about using barry as a uh i don't know to to try to get more information yes
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, he seems to have his own goals in that
1: well yeah in
0: that plan but uh...
1: (laughs) they all have their own goals in the plan which is partially why it didn't didn't go that great i guess but Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) because barry they were like well barry wanted to he decided he wanted to chop himself so Mm -hmm. um that wasn't part of the plan and yeah, yeah, and Ling trying to figure out, I, I guess Ling assumed that Barry wasn't going to get, they were, the plan was they were going to figure out the headquarters of the people who killed Hughes, or where they were hiding, and then Ling was going to whisk, <laughs> I guess the agreement was Ling was going to whisk Barry off to the east, but then that, uh, Barry's body being on the loose through and things, mm-hmm. it seems like. Mm-hmm. And all this was like pre-planned. They said that they moved everything, all the equipment in while Barry was on the loose previously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing that Barry said that was interesting was that um, well, he said a couple things that were interesting because he also assumes that what they did was they put another soul in his body.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that the soul, the replacement soul and the body were in conflict and that's why the, the body was rotting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, caused Al to have an identity crisis, as you said. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn it, Barry, again. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like something that he knew about but he like hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. It, it, it that,
0: that's what it seemed like to me like as if it was like old yeah. knowledge I feel like it's probably yeah it feels like it's probably one of those like creeping thoughts that you don't want to think about in the back of your head
2: mm-hmm.
0: until like someone says it yes
1: <laughs> the knowledge mm-hmm. that you wish you didn't have yeah
0: because <laughs> like they've like done a lot of research about like human adjacent transmutation mm-hmm. so yeah he would it know seems like something that like the idea of like incompatible things like that would probably have come up probably in some fashion probably not in the idea of a the wrong soul being in the wrong body but yes yeah or at least the wrong human soul being in the wrong body. <laughs> <laughs> i mean well they read I all i'd be surprised if they've done like weird like animal soul they read all dr bit. marco's
1: notes and they also mm-hmm. got all the information didn't they get information from well they would have like maybe they knew about show tucker's research or whatever like maybe that was something i feel like they could have that yeah. knowledge. i guess yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it seems like the idea would have come up in previous alchemy research that someone has done. Yeah. And so.
1: mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to make a chimera, you need to transmute a dog soul into a dog body, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Barry dies twice. Yes. Yeah. Well, his... Maybe three times. <laughs> How did he die three times? Well, he had, like, the false, like, we thought he was dead the oh. first time. <laughs> yeah.
1: You mean when he was, uh... And then you think his Sliced his body died... And his soul died, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. yeah. my assumption was like they reunited and died at the same time, I guess. So mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: technically his body was already dead, is what it sounds like for the way they're describing it.
0: Pretty, yeah. Or very close to yes. it. Yes. <laughs>
1: Which is surprisingly sad. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the way that he's like, like begging. You're saying, him. you're saying
0: about being like both, yeah. Saying about being both like horrified and entertained by Barry. It's like I don't think anyone would the chopper was first introduced thought they would be sad when he died. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the
1: thing about it is that it's kind of like he's helpless. He's in a situation where he's helpless. Mm-hmm. It's not like he can mm-hmm. fight back against himself, right? Yeah. It's kind of like Martel being stuck inside and out and then the fear of stabbing her. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same situation. She was trying to get out. Like it reminds me of that in a way. Yeah. I think that's why it feels so bad. Well, I think It's like you know, there's nothing he could do. It's also I think
3: a bit tragic that it's like his own body doing it that's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, just like, almost as as an instinct.
0: Oh yeah, that That too. And also just the fact that he was surprisingly endearing as a character. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, he was fine, he only murdered a couple people. (laughs) Yeah, But again, nobody we cared about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, I never expected to slightly miss this horrifying serial killer.
1: Body somehow got its other eyeball back. That's weird. I
0: don't think it was missing an eyeball. I think the eye was just in shadow. Okay. In that one. Yeah. So it was all shiny or whatever for
1: suspiciousness, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a Arakawa visual language thing. Yeah.
0: Through yeah. uh, a
1: Yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> which I think I pronounce slightly differently every time. It's fine. <laughs> Hi- heavy contrast. He- high contrast. contrast. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Well, and also specifically drawing eyeballs as like white, you know, glowing in the darkness yeah. often. Mm hmm. Including like Black Hayate is in the background. I think of where yeah. <laughs> Fury. I was like, is that supposed to be Hayate? Oh, okay. <laughs> the first time I read it, I was like, oh no, is that Gluttony sneaking up behind this person who's like running the the right, uh the phone or whatever? But no, it was uh
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was Black Hayate being ready. Black Hayate saved the day. What a good dog. Mm-hmm. The scene where with Risa and Greed is horrifying. I mean, not Greed. Risa and Gluttony. I know it says crazy mm-hmm. word Oh yeah. Yeah. still almost got killed like three times in this mm-hmm. three chapters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah Some. Um... Yeah. Very interesting Reese's stuff in these chapters because mm-hmm. like yeah. she's not an emotionless character, but she's relatively low key, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in her reactions to things mm-hmm. most of the time. And So like seeing her like like genuinely terrified with gluttony, and then like. Like, absolutely losing it when she thinks Roy is dead. Mm -hmm.
2: It's
0: because they're in love. Yeah. Like, we've seen that they're, like, close and have, like, a close, like, trust Mm -hmm. in previous chapters. But, like, I think this is the first time we see that, like, they're, like, like, there's something deeper going on there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think
1: there's even more deeper that, like, hasn't even been shown yet. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: Based on this, like they both like, yeah, yeah, they both like freak the fuck out when they think the other one is dead. Yeah,
1: like... yeah. <laughs> well, and Roy freaked out when he thought they were in danger. Yep. Yeah. And then she sassed him, and then yeah, he did the same, where, mm-hmm. or I mean, kind of, you know, from yeah. when he shows up, and also yeah, it, like a badass, <laughs> burns <laughs> lust to a crisp. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they they yeah. definitely then, have an like, intense well, relationship.
0: Like that scene of her like just shooting everything over she and over. has into lust, yeah, is, like like looking absolutely enraged and then just like like falling to her knees yeah. with tears in her eyes when it doesn't work. She like... knows it's
1: not going to do anything though.
0: I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. like that's <laughs> all she can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's like some of the most intense emotion we've seen from any character, let alone her.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe only talked by like, Ed screaming with his bloody stump trying to <laughs> save Al or whatever, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Roy was also freaking out about Havoc too, right before yeah, that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how he's, like, calling an ambulance
0: for havoc when he's, like, passing yeah. out at the end, too. Yeah, I was going to say, even as Aww. he's dying, he's just like, oh, good, Lieutenant, you're safe. Call, Call an ambulance for, for havoc. Out. Ambulance for it's havoc. It's like, how about <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're, it's like, you're literally
1: dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, I passed out two or three times, but I did it. And he's, like, staggering. <laughs> 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 that was really great. Actually, when I was reading this the first time, like, de- obsessive, like, devouring the pages as fast as possible. <clears throat> I was like, no, they can't be dead. No. And then Roy... Roy saves the day, and I was like, that is a good idea. Good job, Roy. <laughs> yeah, it's a seriously badass moment yes. for Roy. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. like, we've known he's competent, but this is, like, like over the top. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that's fortunate. I'm going to burn my own wounds clothes, cut my transmutation circle into my, In hand, my hand, and yeah. use this broken lighter. Yes. Uh, use the flint and to ignite stagger it. Down the, stagger who knows how far down the hallway. Right, to find where all the commotion, where lust is now. Yeah, to save my other subordinate.
1: Yes, <laughs> who I'm in love with secretly. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe not so secretly, I don't know. But.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, he was flirting on the phone uh, <laughs> in front of, you know, everyone, so, you
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's pretty safe to assume. Well, they were all like, oh, I, mean, I think they were like, I like how when, uh, you know, when his subordinate is gone, then he's flirting on the phone again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, i feel like that sentence implies more than just that fact that she's not there to like make sure he behaves
3: you yeah. know <laughs> yeah well so um with him having the to cut the the transmutation circle in his arm yeah. i'd be thinking about like why aren't tattoos a little bit more common because like yeah if you
1: yeah, if he had a tattoo maybe he should get a tattoo yeah
3: and then I thought what about... if he can have mm-hmm.
1: the scar on his hand like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the like or whatever?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, wasn't it? I must not tell lies. Carved in yeah. his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Um, but I thought about the two people that we've seen with tattoos or something. Um, scar and Kimberly both have a tattoo. I don't know if 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 Kimberly's is a scar or if it is a tattoo. It might look like it. It was like etched I think it's in. A tattoo.
1: Yeah, it's pretty dark um, lines.
3: That's right. okay. Yeah, you just have to be um, committed
1: to your art. Maybe Roy is like. Maybe he just doesn't want
0: like um I don't know.
3: Well,
2: I mean, uh,
0: I have a spoilery speculation on why he might not want to do that, but I'm not going to say it. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. But like it's not just Roy, but I I feel like the the only two people we've seen are the two villains. Kind of yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's probably like um one culturally they don't tattoos don't seem to be a huge thing. Yeah, all the villains are the ones with tattoos in this story that I've seen so far. Because like you don't see even just like regular tattoos on like any characters. I've um, no. yeah, seen a lot of characters
1: true. that look different and like look that aren't all like homogenous looking, but none mm-hmm. of them have tattoos that aren't like antagonists
0: in the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say. So it's probably something that like you know you'd have to like be really dedicated to it to want to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe. Which I mean,
0: it's normal for regular tattoos too. I mean, it's something you want to be like that's going to yeah. be there forever. Like. <laughs> that's true. Um, and two, it's like I think a lot of. Alchemists don't specialize as intensely as that does. Yes. Yeah. So they want to like have flexibility to draw different circles and stuff.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the glove. It's not like he only does that, Mm because he he did. I mean, he said like he talked about his knowledge of medical alchemy and stuff. Like he has a lot of other knowledge. So maybe he does do other things. We just only ever seen him use the the weapon, like Mm -hmm. use his gloves and use his. That's just his specialty, yes. Yeah, I'm
0: sure he has the capability of doing other things, but having that, like, his specialty, like, on the glove is, like, having a, like, you know, weapon, like, yeah, holstered or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and he has more than one. I think Mm -hmm. we've seen him, like, he'll take one out and use it, and then if something happened to it, he can take another one out, usually. Yeah. I feel like Mm -hmm. I think that happened a couple chapters ago. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He just, maybe he didn't have one with him, an extra one with him this time or whatever. Yeah, because he left left in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes that's right he wasn't necessarily prepared also this wasn't the plan the plan yeah. wasn't yeah. to fight people so he wasn't maybe he wasn't prepared for that but yeah yeah He's it's okay Because he
0: freaking out and running to make sure Risa wasn't dead <laughs> yes exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> or the others but you know especially her yeah it is a good point that like the people i mean kimberly seems to be crazy we had the discussion about how he was like the the like crazy bomber or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck his his nickname was
0: but i think kimberly has no interest in doing any alchemy that doesn't result in explosions yes he's like i'm just gonna tattoo the explosion runes on my hands because that's all i'm ever gonna do
1: yes (laughs) and i think with scar it's like part of his dedication to his task that he feels like he's doing so Mm -hmm. he's like physically altered he he doesn't he dropped his name he physically altered his body he like cast off all of his you know most of his like possessions and whatever right Mm -hmm. so he's completely dedicated to whatever his mission is so I think it's kind of like part of that yeah Mm -hmm. and I think the Ouroboros tattoos are just part of their their look yeah (laughs) I don't think they technically need them and I don't think that they it's just a symbol for us to know they're bad guys I think well you know I mean because they actually they
3: talked about how how um they're made is they're made using a philosopher's stone as their heart yeah so maybe the Ouroboros tattoo might well it's not It'll quite an alchemy circle, is it? Oh no
2: yeah. it is.
0: Well it, it could has... kind of be. We've seen some weirder ones. Yeah. So, so it's like scars techniques that don't really a
3: circle.
2: Make a circle but they
1: still it's do technically shaped like a circle and then it mm-hmm. has a star inside. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it has a three like a six pointed star inside, which is like yeah. two triangles. So it could
0: yeah, be it could be part of the like thing that stabilizing like, or... Yeah and like maybe like runs their like regeneration and their like like snails mm-hmm. and like Greed's uh, tongue shield
1: thing. Oh sorry <laughs> yeah Greed's shield. I keep getting mm-hmm. them confused this episode. <laughs> Gluttony's, Gluttony's tongue. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: they all kind of like I mean Envy's is on on their thigh so like it's difficult to tell why that would be the case. Mm-hmm. I mean Lust is on her chest which I think is just I don't know it's a character design thing but yeah. S- and uh, Sloth was on his back like on his shoulder mm-hmm or was it not visible? Uh, I, I think we, think we saw it right. on his shoulder. Yeah. yeah, I think it's on his like shoulder blade, kind of, mm-hmm. or
0: you know, the back of his shoulder. So yeah. Speaking of, we've now oh. seen or heard from every one of these seen? seven sins. Yeah, we talked about how pride hadn't made an appearance yet. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now pride has spoken. We haven't seen pride
0: telepathically.
1: <laughs> I'm guessing, <laughs> or whatever, in whatever way.
0: Yeah. It seem it seems like Ling and Lanfon heard it too.
1: Did they I couldn't tell if they heard it or if they were just like, what the fuck are they talking to the media? Yeah, they might again. have
0: just reacted to like another presence too, I guess, if since they can they can sense the homunculi if pride was like physically present somewhere. Yeah. Nearby, even if they couldn't see. They might have been like reacting to the presence of pride. I'm pretty sure
1: that pride's the font I should check in Japanese, but the font in the English text is very similar to the father's so but i mean the assumption is that the father isn't any one of them i guess you can probably neither confirm nor deny the things that i'm saying yeah i
3: mean they they react before um envy and gluttony respond
0: yeah Um, that's true mm.
3: so i mean i guess it could be that they sense the
0: presence yeah they react to something at the same time that envy and gluttony yeah
1: but then they're kind of like looking suspiciously so it makes me feel like they they don't hear it, but I'm not sure. Although the fact that he Ling is like, Yeah, Ling is like, they
0: obviously have other other uh, comrades. It's interesting. I always just assumed they could hear it, but it might just be that they like could sense something. It's well, I mean,
3: I, I mean, he does Ling Ling does freak out after that. What the heck was that? But that could also just be with the entire fight they had.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, the entire situation thought. was like, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was, yeah, that was my assumption. It was more like the whole thing, but... Mm-hmm. So, okay, so so either Pride is, like, invisible or able to be invisible or able to communicate, like, telepathically or speak without being mm-hmm. there or something. It's
0: difficult mm-hmm. to tell at this point. Yeah. It seems like they have, like, some have to be, like, present in some way, because, like, Envy's like, what are you doing here? Like. Mm-hmm. Seem like they have to be somewhat close to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And they seem to have some authority.
1: Maybe in that's the what's ranks. meant to be communicated
0: by the font choice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was so just they wondering. They seem to have some authority is. in the ranks since they're able to tell uh, Envy and Gluttony to stand down, and even really pissed off Envy is like, fine. <laughs>
1: But yeah. Envy doesn't seem to be uh Highest in the ranks though you know. That is true Gluttony doesn't yeah. seem to care that much about being told what to do But Envy is, seems to be annoyed
0: mm-hmm.
1: By it And um Yeah so I I think um Yes yeah, that like, person seems to, to, to be in control Envy
0: was like previously a high rank But it seems like <laughs> Whatever like status they have Like pride seems to be above it in some way since... it was like mm-hmm. pride
1: and lust Were like top of the food chain Mm -hmm. after daddy and then (laughs) I don't know greed was all off on his own so we can never tell and gluttony doesn't seem to really care and then I don't know sloth seems to be they just chained him up right yeah so I don't know it's hard to tell what his kind of like Mm -hmm. we don't know anything other than that about him but my assumption is that's the pecking order
0: otherwise he's too lazy Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Yeah, tunneling in below military buildings or whatever it seems (laughs) like Mm -hmm like a human tunnel boring machine <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're saying there's no there's no vainglory character yeah. that we, we need to be worried about <laughs> we've met all the conventional deadly sins of course mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah that i mean yeah, that was kind seen... of interesting
0: mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's like been enough time with these characters that you kind of like forget that there's there's more that there's more and then you're like oh shit pride is a <laughs> sin <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> when mm-hmm. <we're> <laughs> yeah I
1: guess speaking of the homunculi, we should talk about Roy and Lust. We kind of talked about the Roy coming in and like and sealing their his and Havoc's mm. wounds and stuff, but then he also came in when Lust was about to kill Hawkeye and potentially Al, mm-hmm. and then he was he was able to kill her. He yep. wasn't able to kill her by pulling her heart out. That yeah. was interesting yeah. and horrifying. I mean, maybe oh, if yeah. he had been far enough away, he would have gotten away. But I guess she had enough. Enough energy or whatever to re to kind of grow to regenerate enough to get close yeah, it enough. It was a
0: good idea though. Like when he it like, a great just idea oh, yeah. right out of her chest. I was like oh shit. I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's how I felt too. Where mm-hmm. I was reading it and I was like, that is a good idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I have the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like Mortal kombat style, just pulls the stone out of her chest. I was like, whoa.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: It's kind of interesting that they had, they seemed, it felt it felt like before that the homunculi were like imp, completely impossible to kill,
0: mm-hmm. but what
1: it seems like is, because then the philosopher stone, after he kills her, the philosopher stone falls and kind of like disintegrates away like we saw all the fake ones doing before, as if yeah. he, it was
0: spent, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and we've seen them talk about like the number of times they've been killed and stuff mm-hmm. in previous mm-hmm. interactions. They're like, crap, you killed me three times or whatever. Yeah. and then rice is like i'll just keep killing you until you stay dead which he did killable yeah
1: Yeah. so it turns out they do have a weakness even though it doesn't seem like that at first it seems like they have like special powers and you can't kill them nobody can kill them conventionally but roy was in fact able to do that all you have to have is essentially a human flamethrower (laughs) you can kill them
3: (laughs) so can we talk about the irony of uh this chapter compared to like last episode's Yes. Um uh, I don't know what you mean. Envy. Envy, <laughs> you know, was really excited. Um, oh. You know, like, yeah, they took the. What is it? I, I always love when a dog takes the bait or something like that.
1: <laughs> he said, I enjoy the irony of the dog eating the bait. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, And it turns out now they took the bait of Larry the <laughs> Chopper and. Mm -hmm. you know now the gang's gotten so much more information and has a Mm -hmm. a a lot to work on
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and then with lust you know she was trying to get information from. yeah well she was trying to get information from (laughs) havoc Havoc. and she couldn't get a thing from him but she decided you know what here let me show you this is how we're made (laughs) i have a philosopher's stone in my heart here's all this information and then didn't finish it so that yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's yeah, no she's really confident conf- chocho uh, yeah. enemy. <laughs> yeah, she's very confident but, um, she could kill them all off, but... yeah she was like you should have bled to death, which it did seem like was gonna happen, so mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yeah, I mean, um,
0: I think if it had been anyone less fucking insane than Roy they would have <laughs> <done to death>. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> Roy is a special kind of I crazy with affection but... yes <laughs> only, like only yes. <laughs> He did burn a woman to death last time. Let's not forget, yeah. <laughs> for the murder. burned two women to death. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What an asshole! I mean, Although, at this point, one of them we've was seen clearly him evil, and the other one was a convicted murderer. So you know,
3: yeah. we have seen him <laughs> kill more people than Barry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Barry was sad that he couldn't chop. He had he could only like use his the back of his knife or whatever mm. to knock them out. Yeah, He's seen him kill more yeah. people than Barry. <laughs> 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 only in the series. Barry supposedly killed, like, seven people I or mean,
3: whatever. you know, Maria Wa- Ross was falsely killed convicted. killed guard on screen.
1: Like... He did do that. Also, Roy was in the war. I mean, he probably killed a lot of people. We just don't know
0: yet. Yeah, Roy's probably killed more people than Barry.
1: Probably. <laughs> Barry should have just become a soldier. Seems like participated, like participated in something called the Ishval extermination Campaign. campaign. <laughs> 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 it seems like in a Amestris, if you want to kill people, you should just become a soldier. And it'll yeah. work out for you. <laughs> Eventually,
0: Deftable to be a serial killer if you have a uniform on.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa! Don't go too <laughs> political this this <laughs> podcast. What are
0: you What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, the totally apolitical, full metal alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing political about this. This
1: is about magic. Haven't you seen it? <laughs> well, anyway, that was a good time. But yeah. But I was just really happy that Roy saved the day in the yes. end. I also really liked how they, first of all, Al wanted to tag along and they let him, which I think is interesting. He's like an honorary Mm -hmm. member of the military. Mm -hmm. Roy's like, so you're going to come along to our, like, dangerous secret military mission? He's like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think he feels bad for... um... (laughs) Trying to treat them as kids you know, backfired <laughs> last time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like okay,
1: you want to stand up for yourself? You want to fight? You come with come with us?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a, a great chapter for Al too.
1: It was great. Mm-hmm. He did a good job, and he
0: protected. So for you know the missing jaw. Yeah. yeah. That is such yeah. a badass panel though. He after worse. the Parts of his armor get flaked off, but he's mm-hmm. just standing there, with his eyes like, with his glowing eyes and his arms mm-hmm. crossed, like yeah. Like, ready to keep fighting. hmm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. He held off he less long his... enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made his declaration.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's not gonna let... be killed if he can help it.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Remembering all the
1: sadness mm-hmm. <laughs> from before. Yes. yes.
0: And like how quickly he, like, yeah, reacted to Roy's appearance, too. He's just like, oh, and builds the wall, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> keeps resetting. Yeah, it's
1: like, he... I guess he saw him behind mm-hmm. Lust Yeah. after his armor gets cut off. I assume that the panel where it's like the close-up on his eyes mm-hmm. that you were just talking about, yeah. that's when Roy showed up. So he was like, wait, duck and cover. Like they knew, yep. he knew what Roy was going to do. Mm-hmm. Like Risa trying to go get out and see him. And he's like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to burned off, jeez, <laughs> Oh,
0: yeah. Yes. I like how even though he has that wall, he still like has his body in front of Risa too. Like mm-hmm. We've seen him do that it's before with his like using his, like, armor body to just protect people by,
1: like, mm-hmm. putting them in front of him. hmm He's a good boy. Oh, kind of going back to the homunculi for a second. Uh, Lus said that homunculi are, are quote-unquote, closer to the truth than humans. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is interesting. So they do know more, they know more about the truth. Also, yeah. Lus could tell that he had opened the portal. Yeah, they're, they're talking a yes. lot about... Um
0: like, the opening of the portal and stuff. And mm-hmm. that seems to, like, confirm that Al is a good human sacrifice to her. And
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. also confirms that, I mean, we kind of talked about it before, but it's like, I guess you don't have to have a body to be a human sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. All you need is a soul. Mm-hmm. It's kind of still interesting as to why they think Roy is a good candidate for human sacrifice. I don't think we've really seen why that would mm-hmm.
0: be yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, It doesn't seem to be that they have to have opened the portal because... They thought, like, Al was a good candidate before knowing that he had opened it. And then just, like, hearing mm-hmm. about that makes it a, like, oh, what a shame. I have to waste a perfectly good human sacrifice. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I guess so. I guess you just have to be good at alchemy. Mm-hmm. That, something about that makes it better. Yeah,
0: that seems to, like, confirm it for them or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah.
1: So now I think Roy knows that he was supposed to be a human sacrifice. Didn't Les say that to him? yeah she was like it's a shame to waste a good human sacrifice
0: mm-hmm. yeah she's like i don't want to kill you but you leave me no choice yeah <laughs> yeah so that's kind of interesting yeah. so yeah they've all heard this word tossed around now so yes yeah they really did get a lot of information in these chapters like
1: yeah well yeah. life should it have been more tight-lipped
0: yeah. it's not quite <laughs> as obvious i think when you're first reading it because we already know a lot of this like as yes. audience. but like this yes. is a lot of information mm-hmm for our various main characters that they have not had up until this point yes
1: i think the other thing that was interesting that we learned related to souls and you know the philosopher stone and whatnot is like in these three chapters uh lanfan could recognize envy mm-hmm. by the fact mm-hmm. that they have multiple souls yeah right yeah and that's how they Wh- were able to recognize that's how lanfan was able to recognize envy every time yeah
3: which i never made the connection when um when Lan like, they have reinforcements about, like, 20 or more. Yeah. And I'm, like, what? What is she talking about? It's Never envy- She's talking about yeah. Envy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: One place. Really yeah exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it is an interesting, like, connection, because, like, yeah. I think when you first hear about, like, what the Philosopher's Stone is made of, it's just, like, it seems like, ooh, it's made of living humans. It's made humans. of it's spooky, but it's, like, that yeah. seems to actually be relevant to the way it functions since...
1: Yes. Since, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, they have multiple souls within them, like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it seems like yeah. you can run out, yeah. which is what's implied. That's uh, kind of what mm-hmm. I was trying to imply with, like, what happened to Lust, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, maybe you only get the number of lives that you have souls left in that Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. like a, I mean, you probably know, but maybe it's just like a collection of souls. Like, that's what we're, it's kind of implied by what Lan Pan's saying.
3: Yeah. Um, so I have a few smaller marks. I don't know if I really have a whole lot to talk about with them, but there's things that I noticed. Um. First of all, with um, Elizabeth, right, the, the <laughs> nickname for, for Riza,
1: uh-huh.
3: um, I wonder, is that, because the name Riza, it's kind of ambiguous if it is Riza or Liz. Lisa? Yeah, Liza. Um, do we know, actually, I should, I should have looked this up. Has arakar made any um, public statements on, you know, intention or anything like that? Is it...
0: Uh, her- the official spelling is Riza, R-I-Z-A. It is Riza, okay. Yeah, we've seen a lot of, like, official oh. things at this point, um, which is why we know it's Lanfan and not Ronfon and everything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's helpful that the, like, official language of a mistress is English, so that, like, we see, like, there's a lot of, like, promotional material that has their names uh, written in English and stuff, so they have uh, okay, name. I see. Um, I think it's kind of um, thought that it might— the Elizabeth thing might be kind of a, a joke about that, like, it was supposed to be Liza. <laughs> like before, Could be. like mm-hmm. originally, but you know, got like, like made it official as Risa, and then uh, so it's kind of a gag about it. Yeah. I do know some very early like translations had it as Lisa and Risa, like interchangeably.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would definitely be hard to tell if you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. like if you didn't have any official word on that. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I like having the couple of kind of odd names, like like Risa and Winry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: which mm-hmm. still sound like names but it just kind of makes it feel like like a unique country basically <laughs> like mm-hmm. speaking of winry i like the couple of scenes she's in
1: yeah i want to talk about that too
0: mm-hmm.
1: i like that when they're leaving Al and ling also reassure her that they're gonna be fine <laughs> which is really cute ling is like yeah mm-hmm. no problem or whatever and Al is yeah. like we'll see you soon or whatever <laughs> it was cute mm-hmm. yeah it's like oh ling you're a nice mm-hmm. guy <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah it's kind of a cute little like I don't really want to call it an arc, but kind of a, like, prog- like sort of progression with her in these like chapters. Where, first of all, I think it's sweet that they're like asking her for her opinion on mm-hmm. what they should be doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that she gives her like totally honest like yeah feelings, feelings on the situation. I like the general. Like Elsa's. Says, Winry, you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I like that Winry was polishing Al, which was cute and just yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I guess he does need to be like buffed occasionally. Yeah. It's really yeah. cute, and he can't reach there because he's a suit of armor. So yeah, <laughs> she's doing like his back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cute.
0: Yeah, so she's saying like, like I'm scared because you guys might be killed, but I don't want mm-hmm. you to give up on your goal. And yeah, yeah. yeah. and then um, like when Al is that like, he feels like he has to go out there. She like is obviously worried, but doesn't like try to stop him or anything it's just like you will come back and, mm-hmm. and then they have their little reunion where she's out there waiting for him and mm-hmm. then his arm falls off which is a great comic relief. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was very sweet yeah and i like how they do like the like the routine thing where he says i'm home and she says welcome back like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you idiot mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I love that. it's like you idiot welcome, welcome back, back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very sweet Mm-mm. Yeah, it is good character development for Winry and, like, a relationship development between Ed and Al and Winry where mm-hmm. she's like, my opinion
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that it's like, I personally, I don't want anything bad to happen to you, but I know that you need to do this for your, you know, for yourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It's wholesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I feel like it's some development on, like, Ed and Al's part, too, of, like, mm-hmm. learning more of her, like, kind of, her own thoughts and worries and everything about this and considering you know, how other people... know yeah how their actions affect the people they care about yeah it's kind of part of the things that they set off
1: with i mean it is like kind of set off in the chapters before where ed's thinking about what maria ross said and like thinking Mm -hmm. about hugh's death and Mm -hmm. gracia's reaction and stuff yeah so i feel like getting her opinion is a good step on that little kind of little arc or little growth thing that's happening for them
0: yeah i also like that they like dedicate the time to um like, Alan Winry's relationship, like, mm-hmm. separate from, mm-hmm. like, Ed. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like in these kind of stories, it'd be easy to have, like, it's like, oh, Winry's the capital letters love interest, so only <laughs> the relationship to Ed matters. But, like, no, they're three friends who've known each other for a long time, and they all care yeah. about each other yeah. and have different relationships to each other.
1: It was a great set of chapters because Al, Ed was completely not there, so Al got mm-hmm. a lot of growth Because Mm -hmm. he also got to go do the thing, go to the fight by himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, are these like the first chapters we've had where like Ed like doesn't even show up at all?
1: The only other ones were when he was doing his exam. I mean, I guess he showed up, if that's Mm -hmm. what you mean. He was in the chapter, but he wasn't where the main action was happening. Like he wasn't in Devil's Nest. I think that was kind of the first time we talked about it then too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Ed Mm -hmm. just got kidnapped to Resin Bull and then he wasn't in any of these (laughs) chapters at all. He didn't show up for like two whole chapters. Mm Mm-hmm. What's he doing? He's a Shonen protagonist. Yeah, he <laughs> used yeah, to be an like Every you don't even,
0: Like, like when you're reading it, you don't even notice it. Like, I feel like no. in a lot of other series, it's very obvious when their main character is missing. But yes, um, yeah, there's so much going on, and it's all important, even without Ed yeah. there. That but... mm-hmm.
1: I was gonna say, it reminds me of like toward the end of Frubo, which we were just reading, that the main three characters have their own separate things going on, so they often don't appear in the same chapters anymore. Mm-hmm. So it kind of remind me of that. I mean, yeah. I think he'll come back, and they'll. Be more involved again, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're having their own little thing right now, which is nice. Yeah. One thing I noticed that's unrelated to all of this is that Ling also has really good fighting skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it seemed
1: like he was just being bodyguarded and he was all fainty and weak or whatever, but he cut Gluttony yeah. in half. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, the into Envy side. <laughs> huh? And that throwing the sword
3: into Envy side. Yeah, that's right.
1: Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, this is the first. Oh time
1: yeah, uh, lanfan caught it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first mm-hmm. time we seen Ling fight for sure. We saw mm-hmm. Fu and Lanfan thought before but yeah Um yeah he seems to be just as capable as them and he's just as mm-hmm. capable of determining how many souls people have and whatever so mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it seems like there's more to Ling than we've seen so far which is nice yeah, yeah. he is a good like uh, comic relief you know like I said fainty type but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it seems like there's uh, there it seems like there's more to what's going on with him so that's cool
0: yeah and he's also like Like, talking about stuff with Lanfan, like, the, mm-hmm. like, important, like, you know, plot and their goals and stuff. So, like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're obviously... Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm sorry
1: that I let the key to immortality slip away, but... Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, they're obviously more than just bodyguards to him, like, the way he, like, talks with them and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He jokes about that, but I do... I think they... I mean, we didn't see very much with Fu recently, but definitely with Lanfan, mm-hmm. he's like, they're kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. Mm-hmm where mm-hmm. and giving each other information so yeah yeah it's not like he just leaves all the fighting to them and is like do you carry out my task for me like he's involved yeah even yeah. though he jokes about it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he's also capable of uh scaling buildings and climbing in windows
1: <laughs> <laughs> well he can hop away like he did at the yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the panel of him like running just the look of his arms like so oh, yeah you yeah, can't yeah. even see them it's really great <laughs> yeah. running away from uh from i guess it was from gluttony. greed or oh, gluttony god damn it gluttony, gluttony. <laughs> gluttony. <laughs> why do they gotta the be g's. two sins with g's yeah
0: um, yeah i love that he like throws the sword to help save lanfon and then he's like please give that back <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna, really gonna need, need that it. <laughs> <laughs> help
1: yeah that was cute well, it's cute that they seem to be good at fighting together. Like, it, again, yeah, I mean, it's not like they have just, like, a, you know, master-servant relationship. They have a, yeah. seem to have a deeper relationship.
0: Yeah, like, she's not shocked that he's part of the battle. They're, like, working together like they've done this before.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like Ling is constantly getting into scrapes, so.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they've seem- done this before.
0: <laughs> he does seem to take people off in the wrong way.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> with his, like, chummy smiling face. Where they're just, like... Yeah. He definitely seems to, like, get involved with things he shouldn't get involved with. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like I said, Prince of Poor Judgment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is the Prince of Poor Judgment. He continues to prove that that title is fitting. <laughs> I have one other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the fear of rolling up and then silently leaving. Oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was the thing that happened. It just like doesn't doesn't get a lot of uh coverage, but I think he knows he's aware of what happened. He was like hovering outside the room. Mm-hmm. So he knows lester has gone, which is bad. Yeah. He knows that Roy did it, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows that they're like grievously injured, which is bad. Yeah, <laughs> and he knows that Al and Reza were also there, which is bad. Yeah, so <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but it's bad. It, it looks like like he's not doing anything right now, but it looks like he was considering whether or not to do something, and then just decided mm-hmm. not to for some reason.
1: I mean, well, because he wants the human <laughs> sacrifice, probably. I would guess
2: mm-hmm. there's
1: that motivation still, because Al and yeah. you know he's probably like, well, Roy's gonna be okay. And I think maybe he could kill all of them if he wanted to, but he is technically outnumbered, so I don't know how well it would go if he mm-hmm. they were all three of them mm-hmm. to fight him. But yeah. It might maybe not he was be sizing like, them up. Yeah. It might it wouldn't not be easy. Like, simple. Like I certainly don't think yeah. so. I mean he did he Roy burned Lust to death. So mm-hmm. he could theoretically do the same thing.
0: Yeah. He is confirmed killable now. Mm-hmm.
1: So <laughs> So I mean Roy doesn't know that he's a homunculus. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, he can't, uh, he can't freak them out, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's probably like, so listen, me and Mike have been playing a lot of chess recently. (laughs) (laughs) You want to keep, it's like, you know, you can make sacrifices, but you need to keep your queen, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the the value of these, these having them alive and not knowing about the Fuhrer is more valuable than him killing them, I think,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Like, this is, this is why I think he leaves. Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if they they know some of the secrets but they still don't know about him and that's more valuable than like in this in this instance (laughs) i feel like the Führer is the queen in this chess game right he has all the information and the power and it's it's strategically better for him to stay alive than go and try to kill them Mm -hmm. Um, because killing them off is also like i mean like ed's still out there roy's other subordinates are still out there You know, like, he wouldn't get away with it. He got away with Hughes. They all got away with Hughes dying. But I don't think they could get away with Roy, Risa, and Al dying.
0: Right? So, I don't know. Side note, you making a chess metaphor is more apt than you know yet. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, chess is a—you have a military. There's two militaries. It's a military game. Like, it is an apt metaphor. But yes, and whatever, we've already see chess in this. I'm sure it'll come back yeah. actually, because they were playing chess twice, at least in the series. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> more apt um, than I know.
3: But my only thing is that, you know, I I don't know if it's even if it's more suspicious for him to show up and say, hey, you know, say anything, but he called the ambulance and like they know that he called the ambulance, I think. Or, oh, I might actually uh... jump in ahead.
1: No, 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 no. I he think. said that at the end. Wait. No, he did yeah. say that at the end.
0: Yeah, they don't know that in these chapters yet, but they do. They the don't know. Yeah, yeah, they don't know that
1: he did it, but he did call the ambulance. We know that he called the ambulance.
0: All right. Because mm-hmm. I,
3: they... I think first thing in, like, the next chapter is that they mention that the fear called the ambulance,
0: I think. Yeah, yeah, they do awesome. mention um, it in the next chapter, it's just not in these ones yeah, so everyone's still um, unconscious at the end of this chapter. Yes, that's right. <laughs> everyone's still um, groggily
1: asking for ambulances to be called for their other people and not for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely won't
0: know. It's like but everyone, I mean, co- Roy, is unconscious at the Yeah, end exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. I think that they know. Well, Roy already knows that it goes all the way to the top. He made that comment, right? That's true. Where he's like, "It's in military head. This lab is in military headquarters." Like, I'm sure that he's suspicious of the Fuhrer at this point. And I mm-hmm. think that Roy. Roy knows more about yeah, what's think- going on than we know that he knows as an audience. I suspect that he knows a lot more about what's
0: going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone like knows that the Führer is somehow involved in this. I think they're just not sure what his like allegiance is at the moment.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. like
0: multiple people have made you know he's. Shown he have to be. And, yeah, he's shown up and talked to them about stuff, and like he showed up at yeah. the Devil's Nest stuff, and they're all like, "But what's he doing? Like, yeah. they don't know what to think yeah. of it yet, but they know he's involved." <laughs>
1: And Roy was reading the shit out of all the notes. I mean, Roy's plan to use Barry as a, Roy's plan to use Barry as a lure, did work out in the end. Like it was a good plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like he's, he's good at kind of like piecing things together. So my suspicion yeah. is that he knows more than we know that he knows. That's fair. at this point. Yeah, and that's I don't think you can even confirm that. That's just what I think. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I can't, I don't know enough about you know. what goes behind the scenes to be looking for that or not.
0: Um, I don't think it's confirmable. (laughs) Yeah. But um, we've seen that he does a lot of research and plays things close to the chest. So I think that's a reasonable. Yes, that's exactly it. Assumption to make. So
1: and like everybody kind of just listens to what it's like, they know that about him, maybe like they kind of listen to what he says. I just feel like that's the evidence is like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: he has schemes. He and like he sets things up. The other thing is that he purposely sets things up at strategic times, right? Like he could've just Mm. let Barry run away or he could've just like killed Barry himself, but he kept Barry around after the prison break. And like, he, you know, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like he kind of like, that's what I mean. I feel like he has kind of like an inkling of Mm -hmm. something not being right and is still chasing it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's strategically minded. Yes. Also probably a good chess player. Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Although he only beat that general that, that one last time? time.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so wait. I guess we've seen chess three times because we saw Roy playing chess with the general, and then all the guys were playing chess, or were they? No, they were playing like shogi. Playing shogi. Shogi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the definition, <laughs> yeah. and then like uh, mm-hmm. Falman and Barry. and Barry were playing <laughs> <and> in greed. No, <laughs> Falman yeah. and Falman and Barry were playing chess yeah. in the in with the hideout every time. Yeah. Well, that's not shocking. He's super impulsive. No. Yeah. yeah. That's the He's joke. like Fuck
0: this game. Toss yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fallman is like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But like Fallman is super, uh, he seems to be super um, like fastidious and knowledgeable. So mm-hmm. yes, based on these like superficial traits alone. <laughs> yeah. I can see why he would be Barry the Chopper at chest every time. Mm. I can see why Barry the Chopper wouldn't learn. Chess pieces aren't mm-hmm. profitable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't have any other things to say about this. I have I one say, more I thing. Does. I think.
3: Yeah, I'll, always. You know me. You
1: have another rant? Have you... uh, no. Well,
3: so uh, we briefly talked about um, how the 2002 anime.
1: Yeah. Um, the first. one.
3: Uh, yeah, the first one um, split off, and they kind of went in a different direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think one of I think Kayla also mentioned that one of the things that I think they did well that you don't really get in the uh, in the in brotherhood and in the manga is how homunculi are made hmm. um and so we at least have a general idea i think we learn more later but we have enough i think that we can talk about where the difference is from okay. the other one and i just i don't know it's, it's i don't know. so um yeah we know that the way homunculi are made is through uh philosopher stones mm-hmm Mm-hmm. um in the original anime it's the result of a failed human transmutation mm. so when you transmute something right so it would turn out to be
1: like a homunculi
3: a homunculi yeah um and um so that was a very interesting thought um and they went with it um they had lust be you know someone important former lover and um uh, i think
1: also gave them all extra backstory a little basically. bit extra
3: backstory yeah um mm. if the result is a failed human transmutation you've got ed and al's mom as one of the homunculi mm-hmm. um and then i think like uh, relics of their original um life or something like that was one of their like weaknesses or something they had like a, a, it's an they
1: are horcruxes
3: yeah an <laughs> unnatural fear of those i think or something something like that interesting um i just in general like it was a very interesting way to go about it um because you know i mean like humanity and like what it is to be a alive you know you've got like Ed and uh sorry Al who's you know alive but doesn't really feel anything because he's in his body and stuff like that it, can, mm-hmm. it went along well with that
0: mm-hmm. it was just it was
3: interesting I don't know um
0: yeah I always thought it was an interesting idea I don't think they like executed it like to my satisfaction but it mm-hmm. was like it was definitely an interesting idea I will definitely give them that for the uh yeah the first anime
1: I think that's kind of interesting too because Mm less specifically is like it's an interesting idea to me because less is like i forget exactly what she said but she's like, we're the same as people we have emotions and whatever and whatever too and it's kind of like i don't Mm -hmm. think you do like is that just the result of being around for hundreds of years but like Mm -hmm. they never act like people like we Mm -hmm. see so much human reaction and emotion and stuff
2: Mm-hmm. yeah but like so yeah, they,
1: they, they they turn around and say like oh we're the evolution of people and we're like like look at this humans are so weak but then they're like we're the same it's like well you can't be both you can't have both yeah. mm-hmm. so saying yeah, they that do, they're failed like... transmutation is interesting you yeah. know mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think they do have like they do obviously have some emotions yeah i'm not sure if they like they just don't regard things in the same way humans do because like we've seen like mm-hmm. i mean we've seen them get mad obviously but mm-hmm. um like we've yeah. seen greed like i think greed is probably the more the more human one we've seen so far yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: and envy the way he, like, like you said yeah envy, I mean, like, envy has a, a yeah re- uh, relatable rage i think yeah, envy gets yeah rage
3: and yes like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean i think i think even joy that you see from envy even though it's yeah. about you know yeah
0: it's a sadistic joy. Yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah, there you go. They do see enjoyment out of their... Uh... Sean is legitimate human emotion. Yeah. <laughs> they have f- fulfillment in their workplace. Um. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of HR violations coming out of that workplace, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like... Uh... Was i was gonna say but i my assumption is that it's like the vampire situation where it's like oh we had these emotions but we've been alive or like elves where they're all aloof because they've been alive for so long that they're like i've seen it all and they're like just basically jaded and that's why they don't mm-hmm. react to things but yeah i, I don't know i don't yeah, buy it even though like that them, is the like canon. around
0: for a long time i feel like some of it might also be like since they feel they're superior to humans yeah like if they feel emotion those kind of like <laughs> weak emotions that they feel like humans have they're like no I'm gonna push mm-hmm. that away yeah that totally makes sense because mm-hmm. like we have um, like uh, Bradley slash Wrath was like scolding making fun of Greed for being like attached to his underlings mm, yeah that's oh, true yeah.
1: there's definitely evidence of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah Lust being like it's okay she wants to die to about Risa mm-hmm. and whatever you know yeah. just acting like her her pain doesn't matter essentially mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i don't know i that's what i said i'm I'm like kind of kind of buying it kind of not buying it where it's like yeah. i don't think that they're the same as people <laughs> i mean for mm-hmm. obvious reasons yeah mm-hmm. i don't know but them also being the same as people is part of their weakness that's how ed was able to um win against greed mm-hmm and how they are, I guess, able to be destroyed. They they're mm-hmm. not infinitely. Uh, and like they can yeah. be injured and stuff, like just like people. But
0: yeah, it's like yeah. they can like even before we know that they're permanently killable, it's like they were temporarily killable. If mm-hmm. you do a thing that will kill a human, it will kill a homunculus. <laughs> and they just come back to life. Yeah. They're very
1: nearly dead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Briefly For dead. it's only mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Constantly mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> they can be stabbed in the like straight in the forehead with a knife, but. They'll come back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't seem like Envy has the same problem as like greed of like not being able to repair and change form at the same time. Like Envy yeah. got stabbed, but in the eye, in the head, and then turns into a dog right away
2: mm-hmm.
1: during the fight. I don't know if Envy's well, specific power will be uh,
0: talked about, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm looking back. I'm like, I'm not sure if he actually ever did both at the same time.
1: I don't know. I mean, he could have transformed and then healed. Because yeah. he transformed like, into a dog, but then he was still bleeding or whatever.
0: Yeah, because like when he when he was a dog, he got stabbed in the face, and then he transformed back into His face human is still form, bleeding. but was still bleeding. Yeah, like, so. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. know you're right about that. Yeah, he just opted to transform first. So. I don't
1: think like we've actually seen Gluttony's power in action yet. Because Gluttony also kept getting shot, but then kept regenerating mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, Yeah, we've just seen Gluttony open his written. mouth
0: and then a dark panel so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we don't actually know how it works when he eats people yeah.
0: He looked really sinister in this chapter though It was when, horrifying When Envy told him he could swallow everyone whole Like
1: <laughs> He looked sinister multiple times like when he was cut in half, as I stated previously and also when he's like looming behind Risa and like uh, opening his mouth when he's about to eat Risa Yeah It's not acceptable Not acceptable at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay. Any last thoughts?
3: No, I think we're good.
1: Okay. We definitely talked about this for like three hours, so <laughs> <Yeah>. as <laughs> planned. <laughs> An hour mm-hmm. chapter? Essentially that's how long it takes to record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. All right. Good. Yep. Great. All right. Good. Yeah. Well, everybody's okay for now. Mm-hmm. Nobody Except died. Barry. <laughs> well, Barry died, yes. Yes. Lost. <laughs> Lust. <laughs> no, we don't care. She was a bad oh, guy. Oh, okay.
0: Everybody's fine, except for these two that died. Yeah. <laughs> there was no child dismemberment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, serial killer dismemberment. Well, I mean, if you
3: think about it, Barry was put into that body uh-huh. only a couple years ago, so he's like half yeah, five-year-old like five old or something five. like <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> he has the soul of a five-year-old. <laughs> and the body of like a however old, plus rotting. <laughs> He had, like, long, crazy hair. It was pretty great. Mm. Mm -hmm. His mask is still horrifying. The way it's, like, bolted into his face.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, good times. Okay, good. Well, I retract my statement about nobody important dying. Um...
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the people that we would be devastated if they died didn't die.
1: Yeah, we're only (laughs) a little bit sad that Barry died. I'm I'm ready to move on. Barry Mm. had his arc.
0: Yeah. Let's we have Ling now Torbury. for comic yeah. release. Yeah, really. <laughs> I knew him.
1: <laughs> All right. What okay. are we going to read next time?
0: We are going to read chapters 40 and 41. Just Ooh. two. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: you were going two by two for a little while, so it'll be a a nice break for me and I guess for other people reading.
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah, for people who... Or, mm. or you'll just keep reading it like me because you get obsessed. <laughs> it's possible, entirely yeah. possible. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening to us uh, ramble and rant (laughs) and (laughs) tangent. As usual. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week. See you later. All
2: right. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. (laughs)
1: It's Ellen. If you want to send us a note or question, you can tag or message us on Twitter at EquivXPod. Send an ask through our Tumblr, equivxpod.tumblr.com. Send a note through our website at staytogethernetwork.com slash contact, or email us at equivexpod at gmail.com. To help others find this podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to give something back, you can send a little something some our way at our coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash staytogethernetwork. Thanks for listening and supporting us, and we'll see you next time.